0: Speaking of role-playing, um, do you mind if I go grab a drink? <laughs> oh, right yeah. now. Is
1: that's
2: that you actually, role-playing as a thirsty perfect. person? perfect.
1: Cleo, I'm gonna start the session, but part of my opening bit is that Fox stumbles in late, so it's okay. Okay. Go and get your okay. drink. I'm just gonna start, and then okay. we're gonna should roll I, that. Should,
0: I, should I, how much time should I give you to give optimal timing?
1: Uh, just like a minute or two. Minute, I, minute. It, yeah, gotcha. it's, it's just a VO, and then Fox stumbles in at the end. Alright. Okay. So... Uh, for the rest of you, <clears throat> it has been 62 long days since your frightful flight from the besieged city-state and queendom of Gaim. 62 days since Jeb pushed himself to his absolute limits and successfully counterspelled not once but twice in the face of a veritable four-deck airship of the line returning arcane fire. In those 62 days, the company of four guys, Ventures, and Vibes has turned the Cugboat into a bit more of a home away from home. As Bruiser's trainees have become more able, he's spent his time making strong connections with the rest of the company within which he's thrown his lot. As a result of this, he's been gifted with a prototype device from Laredith, a magical earring that by means of compressing the weave from Bruiser's rod of dexterity and forming it into a tight beam allows him to communicate thrice per long rest with the airship's central communication system in the same way the spell message would allow. The other prototype is with Clara. Clara. In addition, he's developed some misgivings about Joffrey during his interactions, which he's taken some secret steps to address. He sits now in the old spa, the war room at the aft end of the main deck of the Cugboat. boat. Bruiser's black leather jacket has been replaced with a brown one. His aviators replaced with a slimmer, sportier pair, and his feet are kicked up upon the table in front of him, resting atop a stack of reports he's brought to this meeting. In one badger paw, he holds a snack he got from Clara Albuquerque on the way here. Trevor, what's Bruiser snacking on?
3: Uh Bruiser is snacking on some beef jerky.
1: That definitely yeah, that makes sense. So Bruiser's got like the beef jerky stick sitting there. Meanwhile, Jeb has used his time productively also, cloistered away with Randy Mig McHale, head of the four guys uh department of cool stuff. The televibe machine Clara brought from Geim has been disassembled, reassembled, modified, and generally tinkered with in dozens of ways. With the knowledge they've gained, Randy believes that he can build, and he's begun construction on, a device that can either black out a radius of televibes or intrude upon their communications to replace the message. They hypothesize that in order to deliver the messaging at scale, there must be some kind of wingle wire transmitters that are relaying the messages to individual televibes, but without finding such a tower to examine, they they will be unable to know for certain if they're correct. Perhaps as a result of being in such an alien terrain for a dirt folk, Jeb's attire has been reverted to his comfier, homier, oversized leather duster jacket. In addition, he's patched the bullet hole in his pointy wizard's hat. Seated opposite Bruiser, Jeb has his own set of reports stacked neatly in front of him, resting underneath his small spiral-bound spellbook. Seated on the type of stool all artificers are most accustomed to using at their workbench, with his back leaned against the wall of the old spa, is Alan Woodreer. Alan has spent most of the past two months assisting Laredith as she works to miniaturize the machine that will stabilize the rod of seven parts when the time arrives to cast the Cataclysmic Ritual. However, he's not been idle with his downtime either, Allen used his little off time to pursue his plan for a wingle wire toothbrush, got sidetracked following the dopamine and somehow invented briefs because his previous attire of just boxers was covered in fur and his new attire of just briefs is covered in fur. He looks exactly the same as he did before, but Allen can feel the difference. Allen knows <laughs> currently Allen and Jeb are engaged in a largely irrelevant and tangential debate about something a bit of a friendly argument. If you will, what have they been debating for 62 days? Wash and Jake.
4: Oh geez, sixty-two days. I, I don't even know what boxers
2: are. Uh, well, you see, as I was explaining before, the difference is in the feeling, and if you would only give them a chance, these briefs, then you would feel the difference. You would need to try both, of course. But I can give like,
4: you a pair of both. But like, but see, that like that's the thing, like. I've got like fur everywhere. Like with a I don't slam, think like is that door something the that the war
1: room bursts open as a <laughs> breathless fox enters the room, hands clumsily holding a somewhat crumpled, messy stack of papers, and his tutu brushing everyone and everything as he navigates the whole way around the table to the seat furthest from the door. In particular, Jeb and Bruiser find themselves with faces full of frilly fabric. Fox has spent the downtime trying hard to win a bet with Clara Albuquerque and failing. The bet. Fox could disguise himself in such a way that Clara would never realize it was him. The reason he failed, he forgot to disguise his mechanical leg. His lost wager states that he must now use his enchanted glamor robes, which he can disguise as anything he wants as a tutu. And so for the first time in a long time, we see Fox's faded red tunic uh, underneath a vibrant sort of shimmery pink and light blue tutu that Fox is now wearing at all times. Uh, Cleo, what random thing got Fox sidetracked or distracted that caused him to be late to this meeting?
5: <laughs>
0: I'm so sorry, guys. One uh, one of the scouts was talking to me and had a really interesting theory. And then I realized it was about the story he was writing and not about the current situation. I, I'm so sorry. I...
2: If it was interesting enough, I understand the sidetrack. Now, I do have an important question for you before we start the meeting. Do you prefer boxers or briefs?
0: Oh, don't drag me into the middle of this. You've already tried multiple times. Listen, I, I wear what I wear. I don't
1: know if their boxes are briefs, and I don't want to know, as I've said multiple times. <laughs> as Fox takes his seat, affirmative, the Myconid Sovereign, with his shrubby afro pulled into neat vertical braids that stick up from his head like hedgehog quills, and his necktie hanging from around his coarse bark-skinned neck, raises his arms. Two small silver clip-on cufflinks, fashioned from the bolt that he used to chew in his days as a mafioso, glitter faintly as he throws a few blue spores into the air, which connect telepathically with all of you. It has been a long time with no result to our search. I have asked you here to join me with reports from the various crew members of our airship generated over the past 62 sun cycles. It is my belief that you may be able to find more in the data provided than others. After all, while our crew may function as eyes, ears, hands, and feet of this organization, if I am at the heart of the staff, then you are the head." It is my wish that we review the information that has been gathered together to determine our next steps. I have also asked that Clara join us as her time spent among the diverse refugees in Gaim as part of the rationeers may give her some additional insight into what we have learned. And just as he finishes that statement, in comes Clara Albuquerque with a plate of snacks for everybody. Clara, what are you providing as the delicacies of choice for this conversation?
6: Uh, burritos, of course.
1: Naturally. Naturally. And so the meeting begins.
0: I'm sorry, DM. I'm just imagining it's a bunch of t- mini burritos with like the little sticks through them. Like they're just a little, a little bite sized
2: burritos. A little
6: little toothpicks. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, yes. Um, thank you. Uh, mm. Ooh. Wonderful. Uh, uh, these are really good. Course.
4: My mouth is full of tutu cut box. Could you like move I'm so sorry. It just it goes up when you sit down.
0: Yeah, know I'm. I, it's, uh, I'm not used to it. Okay, what can I say?
6: It looks so good on you, honey. It shows off your legs. <laughs> that is Leg.
2: uh, that is technically correct. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, yes, I appreciate what uh, af- affirmative is. Um, yes, that that makes sense. I guess I can can start if that is um. Helpful. I'll start with uh, maybe some things that uh, matter a little bit less and then move to things that maybe are more pertinent. Uh, First, um, as we've uh, searched through the ship's inventory uh, during these last couple months, um, we have found a lot of a lot of things, a lot of potions, a lot of spell scrolls, um, a spell book. Uh lots of, of things like that. Um a disguise kit. It's just some different things that I think uh will need to be distributed among uh, people who will have quick ease of access to the weave as they are scrolls, not um, you know, ciphers. So um they will need to be used within our, our pieces of the weave. They can't be used really outside of that, right? Really is the wrong word. They can't be used outside of that. Um So, uh, the other, the other things are that, um, Laredith has... We've well, we found a lightning cannon that was actually designed by Laredith. Laredith Whoa! Uh, That's cool. That years ago, yes, it's 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 very cool. Um, we have it installed already. Gonna make right? me obsolete. We have it. We have it installed, and it has been cleaned, but it needs uh, a few more repairs before it's necessarily accurate. Um, it can function, uh, aiming it and making sure that the lightning bolt goes where it's aimed uh, will take some work.
4: I mean, worst case scenario, it could be used as a warning shot or like a display of force.
0: I'm just, yeah, I'm with Jeb on this, but you fire that puppy and and I don't think many people are going
2: to mess with us. That is is fair. Um, We've also been able to install um, some sensor instruments into the ship. Um, I'm sure uh, that obviously, you know, Bruiser knows a lot about that as well. Um, But uh, the sensors have picked up some interesting things um the things that will be helpful to us are that there are three predominant air currents that sw- swirl around essentially points of interest above the continent and each of these points of interest could be where we find uh k or uh i'm sorry oh, like if you
4: if uh, Kay was caught in the current, yes. then he would like be, yeah, okay.
2: Uh, so, um, yes, each of these points of interest is kind of where the current kind of slows down and stops and where K could be kind of adrift. Um, so, one of those is the northern end of the Caverite Mountains. One is the southeastern edge of Uroda, uh, basically around Ambercliff, And the other one, which we've passed previously, uh, the Pillars of Eternal Vigil. Um... So the other interesting thing about these currents, which is why they are worth investigating likely, um, is that they're, uh, not really typical air currents, like based on temperature. Um, they seem to possibly be magical in nature. We don't know. We don't really have a good reason for them to exist. Um, so Mm. they're interesting in that, in that way. Um, also, uh, some of our other instruments seem to be telling us that the quality of the air around us, like while we've been flying, um, has been slowly worsening. I don't know if you've noticed that when we look off into the distance, there's a bit of a haziness.
0: Um, yeah, our, our scouts noticed that as well. Um, sadly, I think I know the cause of it.
2: Um, uh, and that would be, I, I, I think a great place to pick up after, uh my last thing that the that the instruments Ten, have yeah. have noticed uh which is um that there's like an unusual amount of arcane energy coming from stainless like it's not unusual that arcane energy would be coming from stainless but this is like a lot like a lot um so that makes so, yeah.
0: sense with what I've in my scouts have noticed
2: perfect that's um, yeah go for it
0: <laughs> so to mention the more relevant information first that pertains to what you've brought up to us um, first of all I the, the the jungle of songs is it's on fire I'm pretty sure that's probably the cause of the air quality mm-hmm. um, and not the whole thing but it you know pockets of it here and there and that's definitely causing issues especially when we dip low in altitude so we probably want to stick a little higher even if it does mean that we're kind of short on breath and me at least it's good air still Um in terms of stainless our scouts are getting a lot of strange reports about it um obviously um it's held by the enemy there have been uh, i believe earthquakes going on if i'm if i'm believing this report right let me let me go back over this um yes yes right okay yep it seems uh Definitely some weird shenanigans is going on in around stainless. So I definitely think they're up to something. Um, I don't know if that's related at all to the time when a cult came out of the city sewers after we destroyed a tower and then just left. Could be related, could be unrelated. Who knows? Um, Another thing, um, speaking of looking for Kay, You mentioned uh, Some mist or air currents um, And I've noticed Some mists in certain areas that make it hard To see even from a high altitude Um, And The the, uh, Southeast towards amber Where you mentioned there's an air current right Circular air Mm -hmm. current Mm -hmm. uh, Shrouded in mist constantly So Mm. if there's a place To hide That could be it That could be yes Though, if it's missed, I don't know if that maybe has something to do with the Aboleths. I don't know why, but it's ringing alarm
3: bells in my head. So, um, the the, the NAV team disagrees on it being missed to begin with. Oh. Yes. So, obviously we all saw it, and from a distance it looked like missed. Um, but, uh, we're getting closer to it, and as we get closer, it just... It doesn't seem like mist. We can't. We can't believe what it is.
4: But it's not like smoke. I mean, what else could it? Yeah. What What be, other behaviors what's do you misty, think it displays? but doesn't displying? look like
6: mist. I don't understand.
4: Yeah, you kind of
0: you kind of lost me there.
4: But uh, what uh, you what you're work. saying is, you can confirm that it's not mist, though. It's something different.
3: We the nav team suspects something different. Um, Ash, Josh, could I could I roll? to see if there's any more information I'm, on
1: that. I'm about to highlight a section of the sentence that you should reread again to get a lot of clarity on this. I just highlighted it in yellow for you. Um, so it, While he's rereading, yeah.
0: oh. I, I also oh, still oh, want okay. to bring up Sorry. that I, I know we've had a few calls, close calls recently. Every time we've gone low, we've been noticed. Um, though it seems... We're functioning okay, but I I do worry that if we keep that up, eventually they're gonna set something up to take us down. So far we've been able to outmaneuver anybody who comes after us, but I fear that they're gonna start expecting to see us and they're Mm starting to narrowing down our patterns. And I should clarify
1: that currently the airship is at like a a very high altitude where you know cloud cover prevents you from being visible from the ground.
0: Yeah. I also want to point out why we've been at high altitude. We've noticed we've been alone, which I, I guess would make sense, right? But keep that in mind. There used to be airships before the darkening, and we're not seeing any kind of anything up here. Uh, my scouts haven't noticed a single ship, and that includes oh. the new ones that they might have been building. Mm-hmm. Though, to be fair, we don't really know how many there are. I'd- Tried asking Garlisle, but he rolled a, uh, he rolled a die and told me a number. So
3: I don't know if that's really reliable information. Mm.
2: Mm. Uh, That that sounds like him.
3: The NAV team has spotted some things in our journey these past few months. Um, and, and I just got, uh, just reading through again that the, we believe the, the mist, uh, uh, is actually a turbulent weather pattern.
2: Hmm. So
6: more what s-
2: storm storm clouds
6: essentially. So I'm like going
1: like to clarify a second time here the scouts or the lookouts at first believed it to be a turbulent weather pattern and the nav team disagree they believe that it is mist they are up in the air on what the cause of the
4: mist oh, is oh the
3: scouts at first sorry i it's misread okay. that wasn't i got you we believe it was mist they believe it was a turbulent weather pattern
4: but we still don't know the cause is the
2: yeah so the gist of it being we should hesitate before just flying directly in such a uh, oh okay
0: the well, the so I, I do hey, want to bring up hey, hey,
4: hey, 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 hey. mist. Um, mist do things cause it you know condensation before a storm or very cold temperatures in a very warm climate potentially I, I, I do want to bring something up mm-hmm. I do
0: want to bring something up that isn't the only place we've spotted mist. All right, it, it, like I said, as you know, Nav has said, my scouts assure me that it's very potential for that to be a naturally occurring weather pattern. Considering there's mountains right there, you have warm weather coming in from the ocean, hitting the mountains and con- condensing. That that's normal. I mean, mind you, it's a little abnormal that it hasn't gone away, but that's not un unnatural. While as over by the pillars, we have noticed a some mist weaving in between occasionally. And that has me more interested. To be fair.
2: Could Alan roll like history or something to see if he can remember whether like mist or some sort of unusual weather pattern like that has been associated with like the traveling of aboleths in the past in their
1: experience. Roll it with advantage because of your time studying in the Aeosler foundation tower. Cool. Ooh,
2: that's a 22,
1: a 22. Uh, Alan, you would know that um, the pillars of eternal vigil are surrounded by a constant mist thought to be a creation of Gamtaeus, the God of chaos that um, defeats attempts to navigate it. So it, it leaves people very confused as they try to enter those waters or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Typically not necessarily specified to climb the whole way to the top of them. Usually this is something that's expected to be seen over the sea. But mm-hmm. I mean, a natural temperature variation could certainly raise or lower a cloud. You know what I mean? Like it, it's yeah. not unheard of especially if it's just infrequently from time to time like what Fox team is reporting that could be naturally occurring or it could be something you're not sure whether that's normal or not
2: yeah. well with with the pillars specifically we do know or at least according to legend we know uh that that is magically occurring mist uh set upon the tower the the pillars by Gamteus himself um you know designed to intentionally uh Make traversing that area mostly by sea, like make it unnavigatable.
3: Wait
0: wouldn't that has to be where K is. Think about it, all right? just hear me out. If you think about it, I mean, the darkening, right? Magic like that should have been dispelled if if there's some magic mm-hmm. thing happening that means there's a source of weave. Letting that happen, there's a source of weave that could be K.
2: I bet. Well, it would explain a lot if K has simply been lost in the unnavigatable mist. magical mist. Hmm. I,
0: now, I, I still want to bring up. I, I kind of brushed over it, but like, I, I don't think you guys realize how significant it is. We haven't seen another ship at all. No, in the I, I
2: I understand.
3: We actually have um, the nav team has spotted a small scout class airship above the northern wilds when we were back there. Um, mm. But we climbed high enough to avoid them. Um, and it was flying in a like, crisp cross pattern like it was searching for something or it could be us like we have been pursued by a lot of things. There have been Shadow dragons sent by us, but we outran them. We found a rock, which is very unusual, according to Setonia, like way outside of its habitat. Mm -hmm. Um, Our scouts collaborate the rock sightings. And then we were detected flying above the Jungle of Songs by ground forces, and Jeb had to uh, counterspell the the magic missiles they sent at us. Um, Nice work, by the way, Jeb.
4: I'm a professional.
3: And then when we got to the Caperite Mountains, we uh, we stumbled on a large structure. um, And so we had to fly high above that to avoid it. But it looked like it might be some sort of assault structure that they're building. Mm -hmm. Like even worse. Where is that at?
6: You said that was the cabaret.
1: Is that
3: near Stainless?
1: Stainless is the I'm Southern sure. Cavarite Mountains. Trevor's report says this was in the Central Cavarite
6: Mountains. You know, mm-hmm. Cavarite Mountains, that rings some bells. <sighs> now, who was it that was talking to me? Somebody was talking to me. Somebody was talking to me about the Cavarite Mountains. Um, yeah, so there was like... There was like some some construction workers. You know, they were we were giving them swill and gyme, uh they they said they was from stainless but that they needed to go to the caverite mountains because they was hired for that uh, and they had to bring a bunch of like building materials with them and it was it was very heavy and took a long time and they were kind of complaining about it um but they they nobody told them to build anything. They just was supposed to leave them there, hmm. you know, which they thought was strange. And I thought it was strange because that's like leaving your hoard out for the neighbors, you know. I don't I don't like the, the sound of that. Um, but by the time they they got you know like you were saying earlier, they they by the time they got back to stainless, it was occupied. So that was that was when they kind of kind of came out to gaim, as you know, many of us did.
0: Hmm. So let me just try to condense everything we've gathered so far then i i believe strongly well, that oh go
4: ahead go go ahead i i have uh, some report stuff too before we, if, if you want that before oh we, like, of course chavi overall condense stuff sorry
0: i, I the two two kind of hid you there i <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, yeah All that's right. going to be a theme I might have to like burn a corner of this thing off or if I'm going oh, to be standing next to, to you is <laughs> art and it will be a glorious display of art when it is on fire
0: right, can, anyway. I, can I just shrink it a little bit so
4: uh, that's as what the fire is tasteful, for baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, lots of stuff it sounds like has been happening around the end the you know, of the planet Um, a lot of, uh, like, you know, activity and, and it looks like we potentially have some leads with finding K. but, uh, there's been some movement in the hearts of the people and there's been some movement in the machinations of the Aboleths. Um... So, when uh, Randy and I were working on this televibe thing, trying to reverse engineer it, we've picked up some news broadcasts. Um, they're using it to spread information. A lot of it is propaganda, trying to defame us for things that we didn't do and things that we totally did, but for good reasons. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, and- also, just like other like updates of things like just it sounds like they're trying to to gather the hearts and minds of the people and get them to do stuff for example there is this secret pilgrimage going on to a uh like for for those who are intelligent and inclined to to go to some sort of cipher center they're being called there privately um to kind of uh be a part of some entirely new kind of arcane's experience is what oh, they're... that's not that's not shady no no it's not be good there's a lot of double speak in all of this mm. um also uh in uh stainless the the tower that uh we destroyed and collapsed and killed an aboleth. In its place, they have chosen not to rebuild it. They have chose chosen to, uh, what is it? They created a memorial lake in its place with walking paths and parks. And we all know what likes to live in large bodies of water.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: So there's that um there's also they're they're really seeding the thoughts of of a new deity they're they're putting out like memorial type messages um kind of c- commemorating people who have passed uh since the darkening um but they're kind of using it to to slander the gods um and uh like, erode trust and support in them. Um, there's been a peppering of language in there of maybe one day we'll find a new deity deserving of our worship. Mm. Um, think. no, that's my good. And, um, and the responses have seemed relatively, you know, relatively positive. Um, Oh, uh, the Summit Banking Guild has been bought. Uh, no, is acquiring and has bought the Bright World Company. Oh dear. So they have merged, um, and they're integrating their Wingled Digit resources and and tech. Hmm. Um, Only there. Was but yeah, like, this. I don't know. Sorry, but, go on. <clears throat> I, I was going to move on to my next my next paper here no,
6: I, I'm thinking you, you said sorry a lot of people talk to me so it's it's hard to filter out all the different you know all gossip is juicy gossip to Clara that's all I'm saying <laughs> but you said you said that they they that company bought the other company and it rang some bells that I was talking to um, this this guy who had a he had a casino in Aspesh or and and uh,
4: I'm familiar.
6: <laughs> I thought you might be that's that's you know that's kind of where I was going but he said his contacts in stainless had their casinos sort of like acquired by some some somebody shady um, you know they had it was some some shady dealings they didn't even get to see his face or anything but it seemed like it was the same guy every time because they kept hearing the same sound when he was walking it was like there was a clack in the sound you know like you know, I, it made me think of Fox here because he's got the different leg. So I thought maybe, oh, in fact, maybe he's got like a cane, or maybe he's walking with a with a peg leg, or what's going on. But those casinos, they will—they just closed up those doors. You know, they thought, oh, it's just going to be under new management. But no, they—they they just closed them up completely, and and there were there was like bounces at the door, and they just told everybody to go away and just said it was being renovated. But you know, I. I don't know what's going on.
0: I'd imagine mm. that's probably the work of Sir Top.
6: Well, he's a busy man. I it would not surprise me.
2: It's it is interesting to me that uh, it, like the Bright World Company and the Summit Banking Guild are going undergoing a public merger. To me, that's something that at least I felt as though we all knew that they were like in cahoots, at least yeah. or at the most, just run by the same people. Um, I mean,
0: no, this this makes sense. I mean, maybe in a normal circumstance, it would be hard to justify it to the people. Um, I mean, that's just a huge power play, right? It, mm. They wouldn't be able to do that without pushback, um, especially because if they're so wide reaching. The international community, I'm sure would push back on that. But when there's war going on, nations are, are in crisis.
3: No one can worry about it.
0: it's probably just another footnote in the news for them. This is the perfect time to publicly show that they're working together so that way they can cover their tracks about any collaboration before. It's just pretext to the merger. Perhaps There's also also... the
4: possibility... Nope, yep, go ahead, Jeb. Sorry, you're probably going to say what I was about to say. Well, there's also the possibility that they weren't 100% in collaboration, and when we dropped the Summit Banking Guild's tower, it created a you know, a vacuum, like a need for resources and whatnot. And maybe they are now taking the opportunity to join forces, which means we might be up against some more difficult opposition if they're, you know, I I don't their resources together.
2: I'm not sure. I personally, I believe that they were already pooling their resources at least in, in private. I just think it's interesting that they thought, that they, they must not just, they thought they must have some sort of reason for making that connection public, that merger public. And it's kind of scares me that mm. at this moment, I can't think of why it just is another Probably thing that they have to, over us information wise.
3: It allows them to work together and out, like without having to worry about being so secretive.
6: Well, Possibly. Well, one of them have, you know, like a better reputation? Like, oh, if we work together then then I look better because he already looks good? Is there something like that going on?
2: Uh, perhaps. I believe, well, um, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the Summit Banking Guild has had a more consistent public presence than uh, the Bright World Company, which the Bright World Company being a relatively new um, newcomer onto the kind of public affairs. Um, hey, Josh. So.
3: Um, could I make a roll to to see like since I, I know knew a lot of people at least back in Gaim and stuff, uh, what people's perception of both companies were at the, like before the war?
1: Sure. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and roll with advantage, and let's do an insight check into public opinion.
3: Okay. Twenty eight.
1: The Summit Banking Guild was not completely unknown before the Darkening or before this war or anything like that, but they were one of a number of large banking guilds because the floating A2 city that was on that that giant sila, I think it was called, that huge peak that had been thrust into the air, there was a whole bunch of stuff like that. Um, so there were multiple, you know, financial guilds and there was a sort of stock market where you could invest in different, it was more like what we would call Patreon because you would invest in like mines, like a, an inventor or whatever would be seeking an investment for what they wanted to create. But there were a number of, of financial type companies and large banking systems there. However, post the darkening, the summit banking guild seems to be the only one that recovered. Um, the bright world company was completely unknown before the darkening. There was nothing known about them publicly. They had no like public holdings. There's no real knowledge of whether they were formed after the darkening or whether they were formed before. Like they, they were so not a talking point that despite bruiser's vast network, nobody had any idea. Um, So you're not really sure as far as their time in the limelight. The first time they were heard of is when dabble, dab Bafflestone, the CEO announced the wingle digit which happened mm-hmm. very shortly after the darkening um, as a sort of like ray of light in a dark time kind of speech where, you know, he, he, he kind of rallied people mm-hmm. around her. We've been through much, um, you know, our engineers are working to try and help bring you a better world. The summit banking guild has very generously invested a sort of um, advance of money into us. And with it, we've developed the wingle digit. And that was kind of the beginning of when people heard of them and what thrust them into the spotlight.
3: Okay. So, yeah, not they, they both haven't had like terrible uh, perceptions. In fact, both of them arrived as soon as the Darkening happened, they started thriving like the Summit Baking Guild was the only big financial institution that recovered um, in the Darkening. Bright World Company, not even sure if it existed before the Darkening. And then then they announced the Wingle Digit. And, uh, you know, obviously that was sort of like a ray of light to the people.
4: Well, you know, something that the, the Summit Banking Guild has also done is they purchased those warehouses that we apparently bombed. Um, they also rebuilt the clock tower and have created like this engineering finance fund for students and stuff like that surrounding all of that. So they're still securing those, those locations and, and hanging right. on to them. And Fox then, outside his
1: back, to just screams as Gunner's various Nomenguard Guard grenades went off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Gunner uh, um, turns over in his sleep, but in a good way, nestling yeah. comfortably yeah. in his pillow. It was a
4: good day. Um, out so outside of that, and them emphasizing are escapades, you know, aka Owlin's public drunkenness, reckless cipher truck driving, uh Fox apparently your rampage slash escape through City Hall that one day in Tumbleweb. Oh, I like. I don't. Y- Nobody. No, got I'm hurt. on. I'm on your side. I'm just saying. And um, there to uh,
3: tell the real stories. Yeah. All right.
4: I will say... Go on, sorry. Last but not least, um, there have been reports and news uh, broadcasts on the mines. There's been increased seismic activity, is what they're calling it. Now, Randy and I looked through the dates that they're reporting on these, and some of these line up with... Us messing with their minds. Mm. Some of them are more recent. Which means either they're doing something that requires big booms, or we have an ally who's causing some havoc. Mm. I'm not sure which. Could be both. And forget the mermaids. Well, but the thing is is stuff is happening underground.
0: Good or bad. I mean that's where
4: that's where they were operating. That's when they saved us, right? Well, and not to sound silly, but that's where the magic happens. Yeah. You know, we're it's it's in the dirt. It's in the soil. You know, I'm not sure if I shared with you guys, but, you know, the only reason that my blunderbuss was working underground was because of the residual sacrium in the soil itself. When I would mm-hmm. pack my shells, it would get in there and almost create a micro weave for the spells to take effect. Um, and it's permeated through the ground. It's almost as if the the core of the planet was turned into like some sort of lodestone and the magic was just like sh- shunted into the ground. Mm. And so it just permeates different pockets there's and, a sharp and whatnot
1: knocking at the door um and it pokes open and bruiser one of your nav team members comes in just leans down to your ear and whispers um, hey boss just letting you know we're all on track we should be uh getting to that that uh weird misty thing today uh over amber Cliff. we've got about four more hours before the sun comes up and i think maybe three hours before we're close enough to start you know getting some more information on it just giving you the update things are going all great right. and then they kind of head job. back out of the room they pick up a taquito that, on the way out. Ooh, taquito. And then they leave.
6: You're welcome, baby.
1: Uh, was
3: that loud enough for everyone to hear or just me?
1: Uh, just you. They were like whispering into your ear. But you oh, can. Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, so, Perception
4: check. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs>
3: um, so it, uh, that was just the nav team. We're about a few hours away from, from getting to the mist. If we want to maintain that course,
2: uh, I think we should. Uh, I mean, yes, it's I think it's worth investigating one by one. I don't know if any of the, um, you know, weather pattern points of interest uh, really takes precedence over the other. I think it's just we're on our way to Ambercliff, So All right. here we are. Here we go. Kind of a thing.
0: I'm just going to say my piece then real quick. Yes. Um, on what we've been going on just over now, we need to go public at some point, And I think we need to do it when the time's right. If we do it too early. We're just going to be revealing our hand um, before we can, you know, and and the Appleists will just react before we can actually do anything about it. But I think there needs to be a time and we need to set it up where we broadcast using this televibe technology and and give our message out there clear, concise and to the point detailing, you know, why they should be suspicious of these people. And what we've been doing and they cannot, they may not agree with us, but like you know.
4: So there's a problem with that. Well, a challenge. That's that's how we professionals say it, Randy <laughs> told me. You you don't talk about them as problems, you're talking about them as challenges. That is okay. correct. Um so today I learned I'm a challenge. Anyway. <laughs>
5: uh
4: so we can we can broadcast a signal. Um, and we can broadcast it in a couple ways. We can we can do something to disrupt or black out existing televibe frequencies, which means that if they were doing some sort of local video recording, so you know like like a like a minor image projection sort of thing, um, we could black out all of their receivers in a building, or you know in a, in a hundred foot area, so that we could sneak in undetected. We could use it for something to that effect. Uh, we can also broadcast um, a message, but we don't have a lot of range. If I remember it correctly, it's about 100 feet, um, mm. which is not going to be hardly anything for infusing it into a city. We would need some sort of way or device to to focus and amplify the signal. Um, there's got to be a way that they're doing it because they're currently doing it now. Like, I mean- it would... Do you guys remember encountering anything in any of like the big urban areas that you went to while I was gone? That, that would have had like a, it would have been like a like a big apparatus would have had to have been up like really high so that it could like reach over hills and stuff. Uh, that was like nothing oh. that
0: sticks to my mind right now.
4: But you remember you remember when we were at uh what's that um? Can I, can I roll over remember the the to see if sea. I see anything? I remember, you remember when we were we at the... Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. You remember when we were at the Umbral Sea and they had like those light towers? You know, they were really high up and they could like point the light as like a beam or you know, right. look at stuff. It'd be something similar, I would imagine, to that where it would like focus the magical energy. Probably higher up, though. You know, that was just like two or three stories like up on a wall. Didn't this Bruce would need to be like...
6: You got, uh, 14. You like, fly up high over a structure in... The Kavorite Mountains was that that something is like this.
3: It looked more like a an assault structure for uh, I guess I... Beijing. Um, Josh, do I have any more details? Like, do we get any more? No,
1: no. And the reason why the lookouts didn't see it is because as soon as they saw it on the horizon, they were like, "Oh, that might attack us," and they went straight up, you know, altitude yep. up, immediate adjustment, kind of a thing. Um, Fox, you do not recall seeing any such structures as you as you scanned the world. No, I
0: don't know. I think. <sighs> think they they have to be somewhat new or they would have to have been placed in concealed areas uh maybe hidden in plain sight
4: yeah they couldn't be concealed they would have to be out with like line of sight to a very large radius
0: they could be disguised maybe um as 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 pieces of of maybe it's as like a large tree i don't know uh but more importantly i I do agree that we need to figure out how they're doing it i I think our best bet is to hijack their network and use it to broadcast our message i I don't think we're going to be able to set up our own network
3: uh we need to to craft the best message that would reach the most people and make us the most endearing to the people
0: honestly I i i don't care how the people think about us i need them to care more about the aboliths and what they're potentially up to. They can hate us as long as they understand that we are not the enemy and the enemy is the one funding all of the great projects around them and basically trying to be their friend. And that's going to be really hard. And I recognize that if we
4: if we don't have the message come from us, if we don't care or want to invest the time and resources into fixing our image, the message needs to come from somebody. There needs to be a face or a faceless something, some, you know, be otherwise it's just information. People don't People care Maybe. less about, about like the details and more about how they feel about the details. And if there is a hero or, or, uh, an organization, like a, a name, a face or something that inspires trust and, and whatnot and truth then we could funnel the information through that
1: what about a a holy site if this is affirmative the mic and it kind of breaking into the conversation what if we went to a site like that you know at a shrine or a monument of some kind and we allowed the avatars to present the message
3: i was just about to say that I think the avatars presenting the message would be the best and most impactful.
0: I mean, right there uh, shows you that the gods haven't abandoned them.
4: I I don't know. Like it's not a bad idea. But do you remember when we met with Queen Salen and we're going to introduce Laredith? She was not very amicable at first to the idea. You know, she felt true. betrayed. Yes. And the, so the I've...
2: avatars while they present an amount of authority there is still like a, a core part of the aboliths' message is that the gods the old gods and the avatars um were just inherently okay. untrustworthy that they've right. already failed
0: we need somebody who's actually neutral that represents the people in their situation somebody who's not beholden to the gods or to the aboliths or to us Maybe and, and this is a bit of a stretch, and he's still biased, but maybe we can get the king of Udral. To I hmm. was thinking. I mean, he carries authority, right? He is a king, and I'm sure he, whatever speech we end up crafting, he could help deliver it just twice as impactful as we could ever write it. I'd probably let him deliver, like write and deliver it. Well, of key. course I would. You think I'm not going to let him in on the writing If he's going to be delivering it I, I, But yes no we need the I don't want to get sidetracked by this conversation But it is something that needs to be done We need to work on this Because the longer we that message that they're sending out Goes uncontested The the harder it is going to be Fight
2: uphill PR wise I, uh, I, I will say you did mention um, The timing of it And how we cannot Execute something like this too quickly, otherwise we show our hand. I don't want us
0: to reveal damning information about them, if that also reveals how we got it or potentially what we're planning. But I think at the very least, if we can just send out a message that they need to be wary, and that we can can start a network.
3: Like, I know know this is important, um, but also we have to focus on Completing the uh, ritual um, And yes. finding Kay right. Because doing that just gets rid Of the abolition and then we can worry now, about The optics can, of we, can
6: we roll back one, one, one thing for a moment There was one of you who said something about a religious Site, who was that?
1: That, that was, a that was me I suggested that we use a religious Site to try and Broadcast a, you know, a counter Narrative
0: Are you about to mention the problem with that, Clara
6: well, I, you know, I, I don't know if there's a problem with all the religious sites, but I did heard, hear some, you know, some dirt about about one religious site. So I don't know how you're going to pick one. I imagine there's a lot of them. I've not seen many myself. Well, um, but the issue right now, I've, there's there's one I've heard some dirt on. I'm I don't know if it's important. Would
2: you? Uh, Go. Yes, please tell us.
0: Yeah, I I mean, to be fair, if you heard anything, hopefully it's good because all our scouts, everything we've passed over, any site that was significant has been demolished, removed,
6: burned. Yeah, yeah. Burning, burning being the key word here. I was I was very surprised. Um, My first. So first I want to ask you, Okay, Jeb mentioned sacreum. Sacrium is yeah. the stuff that's in the wingle digits? Yes.
4: Yeah, it's what wingle yep. digits are made of. It's a powder. Do
6: they do they I've never seen anybody use it outside of a wingle digit. Is that normal?
4: It's not. Uh, well, well. What would you
6: mm. what would it be for?
4: So, like I said, I inadvertently would sprinkle a little bit of it into my mm-hmm. spell shells and I could pop one out of the bandolier and kind of like show how it works. Mm-hmm. But um if you remember our good friend Circles the one whose sword I gave you mm. uh used to snort this stuff and magical things would happen so I'm not sure if there's a, like an underground like group of uh secreum junkies or something like that you know, uh, like yes um it, it seemed as, they would as though that call was it the empire of empire, knowledge
2: yes uh hmm. if i remember correctly um circles heavily implied that the uh some of the employees of the Bright World Company would would enjoy the uh wild magic effects of the sacrium. No uh, when not, they were you not you know, I I
6: I I know I know Foxy was saying that you don't care what people think of you, which is probably where why you're wearing a tutu. But hmm. I was thinking That's the only reason I was I'm thinking just maybe that um that 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 right there is some some pretty good dirt on a company that you're trying to smear but anyway the so that's not where i was coming hey. from though in the first place the first place i was thinking of was i met this wheatling you know that was that was a up in gaim with all of us um and he said that he saw he saw the burning of a of a religious site he saw one burned mm-hmm. down um, and so, but he so like he saw it before it was happening a little bit too, which is was was interesting to me. He said that before that happened, uh one of one of the he remembered this really clearly, I don't know why it's stuck in his head, but he's somebody somebody yelled who was who was burning this site down. they was they was getting everything set up. He said, sever the ties, and hmm. then they drew something in the sacrium, but you know, he was a little little guy, like like made me look huge wait, little little they guy. burned it
4: with sacrium
6: they drew something in the sacrium like they put sacrium on the ground but they like put mm. it in in like a, a rune or a symbol or something but he couldn't see it because he you know he wasn't flying he was hiding down in the grass this little guy um breaks my heart
4: you did wait a minute did you did you see the symbol
6: I I didn't not like I'm saying it wasn't me though. It was, oh, it was, it was another this, guy who told it you. It was this little wheatling. He was just like hiding down in the crabgrass, you know. He was trying really hard not to get dead. Uh, and as soon as the fires came up, he ran, which was smart because you know right. that's that's going to kill the night vision, right? They're not going to be able to see him. But yeah, he he was pretty sure that they were drawing exactly the something ties. they weren't just dumping it on the ground it wasn't like like gunpowder or, or something where it's gonna be hmm. it's gonna be just burning it was like this is this was they needed to draw something i mean and that really stuck out to him but he was that
0: you know, has um, to be like to how it. they were severing ties to that has to be how they were funneling magic in the first place underground remember that was one of the first things we found i'd imagine it has to be related to that Uh, Where there maybe each of these sacred sites still have a trace connection Mm. to the gods.
4: And wait a minute.
0: I mean, we we saw visions the last time, the very first uh, place of worship we went to in the underground.
4: Mm. If if the magic during the darkening was sucked into the ground then that stands... could I could I make a an arcana check dm yeah i'm i'm pulling together a theory i'm
1: watching it i'm watching the pieces come together in your head right now
4: oh yeah it's so that all that is all down a down 13 <laughs> oh, yeah. plus 12 for a total of 25 Woo. here's my that's theory that's like some fox okay. math there if they're they're if the magic was pulled into the ground then that means that there would be concentrated pockets of magic around holy sites that were connected to gods. And like does that mean like, like if they're severing ties are, are does that sound like it would like the concentrated magic would move to a centralized location? You think like removing the magnet would cut them off and isolate them?
1: Um Remind me what you rolled. Was that 13 plus 25?
4: No, it was no. a 25 total. Oh, okay. 25, total. 13 plus 12. Okay. So. Yeah, I have a plus 25 Archon on my I was like,
1: how did he even get that? I, got, I missed the first <laughs> sentence of your theory as I was like, how is that possible? Um, <laughs> much like you were doing with the uh, Holy Sites. Yeah. Um, okay. So, here are the things you can glean about Holy Sites. Um, one of them is that, yes, there, there probably would be a pocket of, uh, like, stronger concentration, basically, of magic around the mm-hmm. holy sites, especially divine magic. Recall there are two kinds of magic. There is right. uh, wild or arcane magic, and then there is divine magic. Um, the divine magic and the way that that weave would function, you piece together in this moment, you are an arcane wizard, so this is new territory for you. Right. Um, But you are piecing together in this moment that much like the weave allows arcane wizards to pull on the threads that connect all things, divine magic must involve a thread that connects its user to its god. And holy sites, it stands to reason, would be built at the kind of place, uh, what, what we might call like a ley line, Um, the kind of place Mm -hmm. where that connection is the strongest or where that thread is most apparent. In fact, you could extend that one step further and you could assume that that thread that connects to their God would count or constitute a link between the material plane and one of the
4: planes, magically speaking. That's what I was thinking. Like that, that is where, yeah, like it, would poke through from the material plane to the plane where the deity resides and if they're using sacrium which is arcane and they're drawing sigils which is arcane it means that they could be permanently cutting off the access and connection of the gods from our world entirely. Mm.
2: Then, in that case, the avatars will be completely without magic. If, and and divine spellcasters will just have no access to any magic. All right. Yes. Mm. So we and know they're.
1: Sorry. One thing you have no, learned already. Getting overwhelmed. You, one thing you have learned already thus far in your adventure is that the avatars. I believe it was Garlo who told you this in the one with Garlo's lore. Um, Garlo told you that the avatars themselves are actually deposits of divine magic. They are like a holy site in that they are the concentration of magic which can yeah. operate independent of their deity's okay. focus. That's the primary purpose of them. So although you're right in your theory about divine casters, you have the previous knowledge to say that probably the avatars could still recharge, so to speak, if they could find a deposit of divine energy on the material plane.
2: Well, well, then uh, maybe I wasn't. Yes, the, the avatars would still have a chance to essentially recharge, but... They would be at least weakened and have less options less options for connections would
3: each avatar have to go to their specific holy site or could they go to anyone
4: i don't think so i think like they're just like exit points from the material plane once right. they once they exit the material plane then they could probably like you know go to wherever the deities are specifically
3: I bet, I bet
0: the ritual has to take place at a holy So site. let me try to focus this a bit. Um, they're doing bad stuff, right, with the yeah. holy sites. And we already knew that going into this. Mm. But we just have a better understanding of it. Um, we need to find Kay to complete this ritual. Completing the yeah. ritual is paramount. Yes. I think having the people behind us would help drastically in this effort, especially because if we try to depose their brand new god as they're trying to set them up to be... Um, Even if we're
2: successful, I mean, we might run into a lot more obstacles than we need to. I think that is fair, and I think the goal of creating chaos for the enemy while we, like, pull off the most impossible task we've attempted to pull off, that puts the odds ever so slightly more towards us. They're still stacked against us. Of course.
4: But furthermore... It's a race, and we need them to be slowed down. yes. Yes. I
0: really think that... I, I think the pillars. I think K might be there. I am. I am dead set on this unless somebody has a better idea. But we are already here at Amber. And I. I mean, we, we can't. We have to remove the possibility he could be here. And I, I mean, at this point, we're what
1: two hours away. As you say that, you hear slightly muffled from the the lookout nest above the aft castle where you are currently meeting. You just hear kind of a muffled like. Land, land, ho! Wait! That's not that's not land. What what is that? Does anyone have a line on what that is?
0: I immediately Uh, running
1: footsteps. Run
3: through the door. Bruiser's running Bruiser's running to the, the cockpit.
4: I'm gonna run to the back of the room and look out the window.
1: Okay.
2: Alan's going to just like look off the side of the deck, like get get out the door and look off the side of the deck. I'm grabbing a scout and having them point me in the direction.
1: Yeah, sure. So all of you get to wherever you need to be. The air is thin, but you are not in such a panic that you need to worry about exhaustion, but it is like, you know, okay, things are, you know, it's thin up here. You are at high, high altitude and you can now see in the tiniest amount of kind of dusky glow the sun is not over the horizon but you're approaching that point and so to the rear where jeb is is looking right now um the stars are beginning to fade and to the fore where fox and owlin and bruiser are looking the sun is almost over the horizon and in that glow you can see that you're approaching that weird misty conglomeration that we weren't is it turbulence is it something else what's going on there um You can see that for sure it's not turbulence. Uh, It is not a naturally formed weather pattern, but what's weird about it is that it looks almost like there is. um, So, so imagine if you will, um, someone took a bunch of those toy geometric blocks that you give little kids to play with the like big, it's like a triangle and a semicircle and a whatever, and just glued all of them together into a horrifying sculpture. That's the shape of the mist. So the mist is like swirling over and around. It's not static. It's it's moving. It is it is mist, but it's formed over something weird. Um and out of the mist or out of this structure at random angles appear to be masts of ships. Some of them are sticking out at 90 degrees, some of them vertically out of the top. One of them is even sticking out vertically downwards just all it's like this weird cl- so so imagine again that weird sculpture but then imagine it had like a few sticks just poked out of the edge of it we
0: need to we need to stop the ship and pull back <laughs> uh, i you, yell that uh, to a messenger to give that to yeah, our nav well, team
1: you're 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 close to the front and bruises okay. right there with the nav team you hear the nav team immediately confirm all thrust reverse and you feel the thrusters on the side of the cugboat kind of rotating into position And where before it was at like optimal efficient cruising speed, all of a sudden there's this big bright Amber flare (laughs) as they come to life at like full reverse. And the ship stops in like a minute and a half, you know, there's not a lot of resistance up here at high altitude from the air. (laughs) And so the ship comes to a complete stop and you are observing. Now you are perhaps, I would say maybe a hundred meters away Um you're you're like for the americans out there you're like three school buses end to end away from just kidding <laughs> um you're, you're like 100 meters away from the 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 mass if you will just, one uh, of them is, is kind of sticking out towards you and now that you have become still you can make uh let's have fox on behalf of the lookout team make a um a perception check with advantage to see what else can be observed here thank you for the advantage you're welcome hmm. Uh... Uh, 20? Not that. Excellent. Uh, Ambercliff is called Ambercliff because it has vast deposits of amber beneath the mountains that created the the trade that the city of Ambercliff thrives upon, and because the top of the mountains are sheer, unclimbable cliffs. They stick up like uh, jagged spines off the back of a dinosaur. And this misty structure is centered on the top of one of those or maybe even two it's hard to tell with the sun's you know coming up on the other side so it's silhouetted um but it's almost like things have been yanked in to the one of the inhospitable uninhabited tops of one of these cliffs and just smashed together into a sort of area some some kind of structure Um, You can also see as you're now kind of observing and the sun is beginning to the mist is not going away, but um, it is getting a little easier to see through with the sun. You know, it's almost like cutting directly through towards you so you can see some vague kind of silhouettes and outlines. And so you can see that, in fact, it is a whole bunch of airships crushed together. And because they have masts, you can be certain that they are the kind that flew before the darkening, that were naturally Mm. uh, air-powered rather than having any kind of thrusters. Um, Sticking off to one side, just like jutting out into the distance, is a rope bridge made from the planks of these various ships. And it just kind of sticks out there, and it's kind of flopping around in the wind on one end. Um, so it it could be used as a rope ladder, but was clearly intended to be a rope bridge. And those are the things you can observe without going into the mist. Can we, can we
0: dock on that? If we can get close enough, grab that,
1: tie it to our ship. Bruiser, you are confident you can.
3: Yeah, I got this. And Bruiser will uh, perform some delicate maneuvers to perform said task without just injuring our ship
1: sure go ahead and roll me a ship driving check i believe we use survival for that but if there's another stat that we use then that's fine
2: and i um. roll something like arcana to um try to think if there's any sort of natural phenomenon like this that he's ever heard of of like things being sucked into like with extreme force all to like the same point like that over time
1: you don't need to roll Arcana to know that you have not heard of any such a thing um, being like a naturally occurring thing. There are some spells that mess with gravity, um, uh-huh. there spells are spells force, like Wind Wall, and you know stuff like that where you could like blow ships around or whatever. Like it's it's possible to do this magically, but probably mm-hmm. not in a naturally occurring magical phenomenon. Uh,
3: I well, got a someone... someone say it again, yes, I Trevor. I got a twenty-five.
1: Uh, twenty-five. The ship slowly approaches in an otherwise silent uh, kind of dusk or or dawn moment, I should say, because the sun's coming up. Uh, a silent dawn. the The sun is now just barely over the horizon, like a an eyelid that's just barely started to blink open as the airship approaches, but does not impact one of the cliffs. From this closer vantage point, B Street is able to go out onto one of the stabilizing fins and catch hold of the uh, rope bridge. He, Because he can fly, he was the most sensible person to send um, to do this. He grabs it and kind of flies backwards where Rex and Sasha are able to help him grab hold of it, and it is lashed to the railing at the top of the cugboat. Um You are confident, Bruiser, that if you were to bring the cugboat the whole way into the mist it would be very difficult to navigate back out of safely because of how dense the mist is. So it makes more sense to send a small party over the, the, the bridge there to investigate than it does to like bring the ship in and look around. If that makes sense. Yeah.
4: I'm going to pull Randy aside.
1: Hey, what's up, man?
4: Randy, I want two metal hooks affixed to the bottom or to the end of that rope bridge and latched around our rail. I want them to be sturdy, but they can be easily quick released. Can I can you handle that?
1: Yeah, I can handle it. Give me like 30 minutes. Do your Um, thing. All right. And you see, as he as he's walking away from you, you see him pull his like miniature blacksmithing hammer off of his belt and start tossing it to himself.
4: Man, he's so cool.
2: Uh, Jen, tell me if you think I'm wrong, but s- someone did this, and they d- must have done it a while ago, right?
4: This smacks of my old amethyst lodestone. Mm. Gravitational forces.
2: Do you think it's it's some sort of there's some sort of object at the center that's keeping a sort of gravitational hold. So there's two ships? things.
4: Does it feel cold here, DM? <laughs> uh,
2: it is high
1: altitude, so it feels cold, but it does not feel unnaturally cold. It feels the same cold as being on the deck in okay. another high altitude would.
4: So my two theories are, one, yeah, there is some some sort of core uh, in this amethyst that's causing a gravitational shift that's just sucking ships in over time. My big fear was maybe Thrax here and has been collecting ships and freezing mm. them together. But uh that would kind of explain the mist because of the temperature, but yeah, it doesn't feel too much colder, you know. Yeah. Um
2: Yeah, Alan. Yes.
0: Wanna be part of the first search party that goes in? Little old times.
4: It's uh. really hard to take you seriously with that tutu. Like
5: Alright.
0: <laughs> I
4: mean, especially sorry, when you got I like your hands on you. your hips. You got your hands on your hips and you're like, guys, I think we need to go in. You guys aren't leaving without me.
3: Don't no, of course Well, we, we have teams set up for that, right? Yeah, I've trained. They're, they're trained.
6: All right. All right. Just checking.
2: It is it is a, a bit of a, a mental dissonance to think about how... Um, the, you know, the, the four guys as, as it, as it were, which, you know, um, are the ones who are often the most uh, because of old time's sake, want to go first and go explore what's going on, but also know the most about our mission and um, would be the natural ones to want to stay alive, to carry it on. Uh, But all of that said, yes, I would like to be a part of the search party to go (laughs) in first.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I think old habits are hard to break knows more than all the rest of you's put together. So you just keep it. You'll be just fine.
2: This is true. Clara, are you interested in coming with,
6: you know, curiosity gets the best of me sometimes, but I sort of feel like I ought to stay here. Maybe keep, keep an eye on things, make sure, you know, well, I can, I can also, I can hear you with this, you know,
2: mm, this with is this.
6: true. So if you, if you have any questions for anybody, you could just, you could probably just talk to me and I can, I can ask for Folks who's on the ships already, so you know. Good call,
3: perfect. Well, True.
6: but if you see anything um, real nice and shiny, please, you know, please think. Do you have any
0: me. of those uh,
2: scrolls? Oh yes. Um, what scrolls? Do we have? Well, let me look. And Alan pulls out uh, his like report that he was looking at uh, in the meeting at the beginning like a of big the episode. Manifest, you know. Yep. And ah, uh, uh, well, uh, we have some charms of air bubble, um, potions of cold resistance. Ooh, yes. Let's take those. Um, uh, charms of cold resistance as well. Um, air bubble. Uh, what is air? Oh, I mean, well, aha, there's a link. Um, (laughs) Alan doesn't say that. I say that, uh, a link like a chain. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
4: yeah. Link the bubbles together. Canonically speaking,
1: each of the magical items is accompanied by a small slip of parchment from either MIG, Garlow or Laredith detailing what it does. So that's yes. like you know, Alan has like little pink slips or something that he can he can uh, yeah,
2: yes. links to a piece of paper. Good. It, it works out uh, Alan, as Alan like reads further into the manifest. Like ah, this is actually very handy for the situation we're in right now. That's great. Um, <laughs> let's bring the charms of air bubble, the charms of cold resistance, the potions of cold resistance. Um, there's a ring of free action if someone wants that. Uh, there's I wouldn't mind uh, it. Scroll of protection from elementals. That's like fine. Uh, rope of climbing may be good. Um I think let's mostly bring the air bubble stuff and the cold resistance stuff. Uh the other stuff we can sort out soon. And the rope of climbing might be good. Alright, we
3: well, should give that to someone who can't fly.
4: Would you dare fly. look at me? I can climb just fine. Well, you can also fly. You have the spell ability That's to right.
2: fly. Um well if it's all the same to everybody, I will take the uh climbing um i'm fine to give fox the ring of free action if no one has any objections nope the ring um, of Free action
1: does require attunement
2: well that might be something left for later then um
1: <laughs> how many but- potions of cold resistance do you have
2: we have let me uh 11 potions of cold resistance and three charms of it as well 11 potions Uh, I don't want to necessarily bring everything with us. How long does cold resistance last? Let me see. One hour. We just
3: gotta. We just gotta bundle up.
2: Oh, but the charms last twenty-four hours. Um, How many so of those nice. do we have? Uh, we Wait. only have three. Hmm. So I say we save it until we need it. Okay, we'll bring the potions then. Um, and we may um, as well bring. I don't know. Uh, did we bring all of them? How long do we want to be out there? How how long do we know we're going need to, be to be a lot there. to
1: carry too? We're going to have to start talking about true. encumbrance and such. It'd yeah. But if if we we just it all.
6: bring Radford. He isn't he like he he likes the cold, right? All right.
0: Let's let's bring a potion each,
2: just to be and safe. Do we want? To, are we okay? Yeah. Well. All right. Let's just do that. Um, because we don't know how cold it's going to get. I guess hypothetically. Okay. Um, and then. Uh, we'll all bring a charm—a charm of air bubble. So,
3: what does that do? Just creates a bubble around you.
2: It creates a bubble around our head, um, well, and air bubble lasts for twenty-four hours, so more than enough. Um, and it's filled with uh fresh air that we can breathe. Um, and each charm can be used three times. So,
0: oh, that's good. Um, DM. Yep. yep. Um. I'm going to try something. You tell me if it works. Okay. Um, Fox looks down at the charm of air bubble and he thinks to himself and he pulls fingers to his lips and makes a sound that I, Cleo, cannot make and will never be able to learn how to make. But I whistle. <laughs> 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 and I, I do like a.
5: Whoop,
0: and I try to use. Uh, prestidigit- prestidigit- prestidigitation. Yeah, prestidigitation. I try to use some presti to make
1: (laughs) an air bubble um, around myself to see if that's powerful
0: enough.
6: Now made with an ergonomic handle.
4: Yeah, it is.
1: It is not powerful enough to increase like the
4: breathability of the air around you. You Hmm. got bad breath or something? You're trying to freshen up the air around your mouth. It is
1: a great uh, pasta sauce, though presti. It's like a.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Your lips are all red. I think you did it wrong.
0: No, sorry, I was, I don't know, I was trying to see if I couldn't figure something out. I have to look back into testing that out. Um, alright, um, uh, I'm gonna look to my scouts, um, I'm gonna send messages along, like, you know, make sure Radford knows where we're going, um, make sure people who are, who should be in charge in our stead know that we're going,
3: um. Uh, we should, we should give a time limit.
2: Yes, uh, uh how about an hour? Uh, I believe an hour is too short a time. Well, yeah. We're just going into scout, right? I, I think uh,
0: and we can send a message. Should that change? I, I think don't think despair. we should get lost in there for an entire day. Too much don't could think, happen in
2: that time. I don't think a day. I think something more akin to three hours to six hours. Somewhere Dangerous in that range should be eight our eight hours. Uh, eight hours is a long time. How about five? Uh, five, <laughs> I think, is a fair amount. It gives us two and a half hours in, two and a half hours out. Yes, yes.
6: Laura? I was just checking with the DM. Um, for the for the magic earring, is it, is it that one person is able to take the counterpart with them?
1: Yes, so only Bruiser has it, but they can ask Bruiser to talk to you.
6: Okay. Okay. Thank you. In
0: that case, five hours. I nod to the
2: scouts. And Clara uh, behind us, and we'll try to be back in four, let's say, so that way we're not pushing the limit of uh, worry about us time. Sounds so good. Don't
6: break curfew, kids. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: you know yeah, what this kind of—it makes... <laughs> means it's story
1: time. <laughs> we're <going laughs> back to the tavern, and we'll be right back. That breaks the record Sinier. for sure. This Gone one wasn't intentionally like I just cut kind of the session in half. So we have discussion <laughs> time.
6: Long ago, the four ancients created a world in harmony. Then, everything changed when the chat emped magic. Only Kalnor, master of good vibes, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he Ruby. vanished. Two years have passed, and four adventurers have discovered a conspiracy. A company selling magic. And although their roleplay is great, they have a lot of XP to earn before they're ready to save anyone. But I believe they can save the world.
1: Welcome back to the Winged Badger Tavern, where friends tell stories. Let me introduce you to some of my friends, or rather, let's let them introduce themselves.
2: Who's first? Is it me? Maybe. Um, (laughs) Hello, I am Jake, and I play Alan Woodrear, the Asimar Barbarian Artificer. Um, and I usually have like a third thing to follow up and finish off my little character intro, but it's been so long that I didn't have one prepped in my head, so.
0: Hello, I'm Cleo, I play Fox, uh, who is my main character. He's a rogue bardling changeling, and, uh, here's my third, insert here, bit.
3: (laughs) Hello, I am Trevor. I play Bruiser, the Winged Badger Inquisitive Rogue, and uh, on to you,
4: Wash. Hey, I'm Wash. I play Jebediah Peppermint, the molefolk gun wizard who spits fire and fires spit. And I'm really excited to blow some things up. I've got some great spells that I haven't used yet.
1: And I'm Josh, your Winged Badger Game Master. Without further ado, let's jump back into tonight's adventure with the map. Uh the for for those of you looking at home, you are looking at my view, which means you can see Whoa. each player and their radius of view. For the players, they can only see what is in a um a sphere of fifteen foot radius around them because this mist is so dense and heavy that you have 15 feet of visibility, regardless of the ambient light in the area. So even as the sun comes up, it just goes from a dark wall of nothingness around you to a light wall of nothingness around you. Um, but for Uh, those of you at home, I thought that might be a little confusing to look at. So you've got my view, um, and you can see, uh, kind of everything all at once. Uh, should as, should as I not be looking goes. at the
0: stream then?
1: Uh, it, it's not really going to make that much of a difference. I'm keeping it zoomed into you. But yeah, if you just look at Owlbear, then you'll see. You'll see a little bit more accurately what is happening. Uh, and in fact, what is happening right now is as you cross the rope bridge ladder hybrid that you've made for yourselves and step onto the top of one of these thin, narrow sort of shard-like cliffs poking up from Amber Cliff. Uh, You find a few things of interest. First, uh, it has kind of like a a green cliff moss clinging to it, uh, bravely hanging on despite what must have been scouring winds over the ages. Um, Howlin, you are the first to clock a disused fire pit. At some point, someone was making fire for themselves here, but the ashes are dark and cold, and it certainly has not been lit recently. You would need to make a check to learn more. Other than that... It is completely quiet, save for the sounds of the rope of the bridge behind and the bridge ahead kind of straining in the very, very soft wind. At this point, players, I'd like you to roll initiative, and we will finish this session remaining in turn order as we
2: explore. Hmm. That sounds not sinister.
3: (laughs) I got a nine.
2: I got a nine. What? I got a 16.
1: I got a six. We're great. Trevor, what are your dex mods? 18.
4: Um, That's not a mod. (laughs) Mine is plus four, but it's my intelligence that I use for this, but it's a plus four.
1: You're both plus four? Yeah.
4: Twinsies. All
1: right, just choose between yourselves who's going to
4: go. Cruiser, I choose you. No, after you. Pokeball, go.
1: Go after you. Uh, So with that in mind, um, we will begin the exploration with Alan, who is at the front of the group crossing this bridge anyway.
2: Yeah. uh, Alan went from having terrible initiative, a minus one modifier, to now having a minus zero, but also getting advantage on initiative. So it's fun being a barbarian. Barber, Barber, Barber. alan's going to turn back to the group and uh kind of uh you know reference the fact that there seems to be two rope bridges ahead of them uh which one to you guys seems less scary um i mean shouldn't we move forward
0: check that right? fire
2: pit
4: that's what i was thinking ah uh, yes are there well. any footprints on the ground
0: i mean somebody set up this bridge ahead of time i mean we need to make sure we're not about to run into some people. Oh,
4: don't we this want is, to run into people? This I, is fair. Depends on the people.
0: Yeah,
3: I mean, they've probably been stranded here for a while.
0: I, I don't think they're the stranded type, because if somebody already made a, a docking point, that's the
2: worrying part. Alan's going to go over to the fire pit and uh, attempt to investigate any sort of signs of uh, like how old it is um how like often it's been like when was the most recent time it's been used etc
1: great go ahead and roll that investigation for me um, as a reminder bruiser you're on deck for your turn next
2: Yep that's a 20
1: licking the charcoal with a 24 Alan. uh this fire pit was built well by someone who knew what they were doing um it seems to have been used many times but not in the last year mm. mm-hmm.
2: Uh, this has been around for. uh, Did, did he get an estimate of how like, how long it's been around? A year.
1: Oh, uh, probably two ish years oh. to to uh, a year and a half to two years ago is
2: probably oh, it, when it was it, built. This has been, a, been a, How how many years ago was the darkening again? Was three. that two years, three? Okay, um, it's been around. This fire pit's been around for about two years, but it was only used for about a year. It was well so used not in pre-darkening. that time. Um, it's not pre-darkening, and also doesn't seem to have been disturbed in in a long time. I, by a long time, I mean about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And uh, I once again return to my question, which bridge to you guys seems less scary?
1: And that brings us to Bruiser's turn.
3: Uh, he's going to oh. move forward towards like the crossroads to get a better view. Um are there any footprints on the ground?
1: Uh, you could make a survival check to look for them.
3: I would love to do that. Great. And I got a six.
1: Okay, uh, you do not determine like it's it's a cliff face and it's like clinging moss. It's not really mm-hmm. imprintable stuff. You know, it would take like a very well trained eye to spot footprints or or tracks on this kind of surface. You are not able to notice anything. Okay.
3: Um would that be my whole turn or could I also You've look still at got
1: some the, movement left
3: okay I'll, I'll approach this bridge and just like great Uh just look at it and wait it is a rope bridge
1: crafted from before. sturdy ships ropes and uh what looks like reclaimed wood probably cut from like you know an unused deck of a ship or something like that the wood seems to be in decent condition um, with, like, a few boards maybe having a mild amount of rot, but not such that you could... You know, it wouldn't be unsafe to walk across.
3: Okay. This bridge looks decent to walk across if someone wants to inspect the other
1: one first. Before it we decide. Jeb's turn next, if he would like to make a move.
4: I'm going to walk up in between both of these two. And I would like to sniff. Sniff the air. Do I get any weird... Uh smells coming from one side or the other. Yeah. Or just in particular.
1: Make a perception check.
4: I am making a sniffy perception check. Yeah, you are. That is 16.
1: Nothing on the wind here except the uh, sort of gen- generic floral like moss smell. Um, the mm. The, the air doesn't seem to carry any like mildewy scents it's just kind of damp um, and you can smell like the ropes are like those big sturdy ships ropes so those have kind of like a, a an old twine type of smell um, sure, the wood, nothing. The wood smells mildly like damp slash, you know, starting to rot, but hasn't gone far enough to be dangerous yet on, on both bridges. And also, if you were to inspect it, the other bridges is uh, similar quality to the one bruiser is looking at.
4: Yeah. I like this one over here. And I'm going to kind of walk to the, to the left <laughs> one.
1: Sure. Uh, as you approach the left one, you begin to see the vague outline of um, what looks to be an airship not very far across like the bridge is not very long uh which brings us to fox and
0: i feel like it only makes sense and fox just walks over to uh the campfire here much and uh asks presty yeah and tries to start the campfire uh
1: it it only kind of ignites one little amber or one little um What am I trying to say? One little coal of the fire kind of flares to life just because prestidigitation is a pretty small scale spell. But it catches quickly on the remaining ashes and you get maybe 20 seconds of as the fire kind of flares up before the ashes are fully burnt out again. And the, you know, the fire pit returns to neutral.
4: Hey, there's no coming along. Pieces of wood. You got to put wood in there, dog.
1: Yeah, there's like, you know, there's two kind of timbers nearby that are being used or would have been used as benches. But um, besides those, no. I, I'll, I'll take one of the smaller ones
0: and uh, I, I'm essentially trying to just set up a point of reference sure. um, mm. and light we this can smell fire. The smoke.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you do that and you light the fire. That's fine. Okay. Um, which I'm brings visible. us to Alan's turn with Bruiser on deck.
2: Well, uh, if Jebediah feels strongly about that bridge, then I think it only makes sense. Um, and well, Fox, there. I do
4: appreciate I just said it. I liked it. Well, I didn't feel strongly about well, it. I, I'm I sorry, like I didn't it. mean to put that on you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but
2: that's. Uh, I'm gonna head that way. So 5, 10...
4: I'll just stick by your side and go along with you.
2: 15, 20, 25... And then Alan's not going to, like, get too far in here. He's going to go, like, here and kind of wait for everyone else to cross. Alan, um, you find yourself standing
1: on a large wooden galley with broken masts and tattered sails. Um, It looks to have at one time been, like, a merchant's galley where you can see, like, pots that have spoiled food in them or kind of the leftovers of spoiled food. You know, it's been been a long time since anyone was on this ship. Um, And... As you walked up the bridge to the ship, you did note one thing of interest, which is that just below where the bridge uh, is is kind of tied on to the railing of the ship, you see uh, two puncture holes in the hull, uh, or in the hull of the ship. Um, they are not; they're they're maybe like fist sized. You know, they're not like big hole. It's not like a harpoon or something was thrown into it. it you know, but they're they're kind of narrow holes with rough edges. Um, that, that are just kind of punctured into the, into the craft. Um, and just the two, you didn't see anything else, but, but there are those two little kind of punctures in the side of it, um, just beneath where the bridge is tied. That brings us to Brutus' turn.
2: Oh, God! Uh, do they... Uh, Alan's going to, I guess, think on that. I don't know. Yeah, sorry. I, didn't, I don't have a good formulated DM question yet. That's fine.
1: Bruiser
3: will move across the bridge with Alan. Okay. So that's 15 to the bridge, and then I guess... 15 across. Perfect.
1: Perfect. You see all the things Alan just saw.
3: Yep. Whoa, this is a neat ship.
2: Yes. Um. Do you have any... Thoughts on the possible cause of those holes underneath on the hole?
3: Uh, could I make an an inside check?
1: You could make a history check with advantage based on your knowledge of like craft. Oh okay. Like transportation. That uh, is a T2. 22. Uh, No, you have no idea what could have caused those. You are certain that they do not serve a purpose. They are not part of the ship, nor would they have been a survival technique for a shipwrecked ship.
3: Okay. Um, Well, I can tell you they're not there on purpose, at least by the owners of the ship, and it's not by design, so something had to have made those.
2: Yes, I'm I'm just wondering whether it was a Utility um, created by the crew once they wrecked here, or whether it was a source of sabotage.
1: As you're talking, Jeb comes up the ramp to join you.
4: Yeah, most ships aren't designed with big holes in the side of them. Do they look Ooh. like uh, the talons of a rock?
1: Box you're under. Ooh, uh, they're they're too small for the talons of a rock.
4: Too well. Sorry, I don't see good during the daylight. The mist no, kind of okay. helps, but
2: it's okay. I, they, you know, <clears throat> humorously, I thought of the idea of a um, a vampire boat that bites other boats. I um, like it. But I I know that that is not uh, quite a realistic idea. Doesn't that I mean, mean you're standing time. on a vampire
0: boat, or is it a thrall of a vampire boat? Oh, the awesome. thrall of a vampire boat. <laughs> so just to yeah. be
1: clear, you cannot see Fox now, and Fox cannot see you in the mist. So he's just hearing your conversation, kind of drift <laughs> back along with the wind <laughs> to him.
3: Fox, get over here! What's taking you so long? I I was I was finishing up the fire.
1: I uh nice make my way over okay fox is gonna cross the bridge and now you are all on board the galley um go ahead and alan i guess unless fox has an an action he wants to take from uh yeah i'm
0: I'm just gonna walk the the furthest extent i can and then roll perception to see if there's anything of note on the deck go for it
4: do the holes look like cannon fire
1: uh that is 22 okay uh, Jeb, roll a survival check to try and decide that. Fox, with your 22, looking at this ship, um, it is indeed a a merchant ship. You can see, like, oh, this is where the foodstuffs would go. There's probably somewhere on here a cash chest. Um, you don't see any people. You don't see any bodies. You don't smell any, like, death or decay. So uh, wherever the people from this ship were, and it probably had a sizable crew, they are not here now.
0: My hand itches... I silently think about where the merchant's chest would be (laughs) just in my own head. Sure. Keep that to
4: myself. Jeb. Could I make a case for investigation?
1: Yeah. Well, investigation is a hands-on search, but yeah, sure. Go for it. Whatever. That's fine. 18. 18. Uh, these are not cannon uh, battle scars. Cannons, when they hit okay. things, are not like it's not a puncture wound. It's like a big, it's you like know, a splinter. Or, yeah, splintered kind of thing.
4: Um, okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, Alan mm. is going to uh, meander over here and see what's going on with this plank.
1: Yeah, that, it be magical in nature? That plank is coming off the prow of the ship or the front end, for those of you who are not nautical, uh, and it extends over towards another craft, which, as you're looking from from where you are now, you can see has been tied to that prow with a uh, more sturdy ship's rope, probably pulled from one of the two ships. Um, has been kind of lashed to the railing of the next, uh, the next craft there. And... Um, that you don't you can't see enough of the boat to determine what its purpose would be or what size it is but you are looking towards another boat you can see a small wooden chest that probably did not hold money on the surface it's like a you know a practical looking one probably some kind of ship's gear was in there um but yes there's a whole nother
2: boat up there uh well there seems to be another boat uh kind of lashed to this one uh in this direction, Alan will say as he points that way, and then he'll also he'll use more of his movement, um, to to like kind of move towards the back end of the ship as well.
1: Okay. Uh, there's not a whole lot extra to see other than like okay. parts of ship. So you you see more kind of like um, splintered wood and tattered sails. The the main deck that you're standing on seems to be pretty intact regarding like the, the quality of the wood planking but sure. if you peek through you know one of the hatches to the lower decks you can see that the lower decks have been gutted and probably explain where some of the wood for the bridges has come from
2: okay and then Alan would also like to like use his like action to maybe roll like an investigation or a history or a survival something uh, where similar to what he did with the campfire like try to determine the age of like certainly the materials and stuff um what can what what do you think applies to that? What did I roll last time? Was it survival? History or history? survival
1: could both be applied okay. here. I think survival would give you more of the kind of information
2: you're asking about. Okay. Uh I only got a 13 on survival.
1: You can't really tell. It's, you know, it's a it's a boat, so there's not it's not like there's a small thing where you can look at like what are the signs of use? How did people interact mm-hmm. with it? It's like this is a big old boat. There's nowhere for footprints to go. It's up in the damp mist, so there's no dust collected on it to use. You know, it's just like, eh, is boat. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Uh, Which brings us to Bruiser's turn, and Jeb is on deck.
3: Um, Bruiser's gonna... Is this the the mass part walkable?
1: Yeah, or, I mean, Bruiser could also fly across it. But yes, this, like, thing sticking off the prow, you you could walk across it.
3: Okay, Bruiser will walk across it.
1: Certainly. Bruiser, you find yourself on... Oh, sorry. The first timer has expired. Uh, Let me just quick check something here. Okay. Mm
4: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. Now listen here, first timer. The
1: second timer is now running. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So you look over at the next boat, and uh, this one is a it's it's sleek, but it's large. This is the kind of ship that you might expect, like an escort from a kingdom to to have used, you know, with maybe one deck of cannons. It's not like a ship of the line. It's not a warship, but it's the kind of thing that might be used for diplomatic. Um, traveling or for, you know, VIPs who need to be kind of escorted by a government or something like that. Um, You see, especially up here at the front of the ship near the prow, you know, a number of different supplies that are mostly related to the ship. Spare ropes, spare canvas, the kind of things that merchants can't necessarily afford or aren't willing to spend their gold on, but the kind of things that governments would want their ship to have so that it could, you know, survive even if it were damaged in some way. Um, similar to Alan's experience, the wood decking of this ship seems, you know, clear and natural and whatever, um, having crossed over the prow, you can see that there's a bridge off the other side that's been made from a few decks of wood that, that kind of leads back down to some other structure in that direction. And, um, you also noticed as you crossed that prow that beneath it, there are two puncture wounds in the hull of this ship, each about a fist sized. Interesting.
3: Hey, there's a a gangplank on this ship going somewhere else. Um, There's also two holes similar to the first ship in this one.
2: That brings us to Jeb's turn. The ship vampire theory doesn't seem as far off after seeing it appear again.
4: (laughs) What would you call that, like a shampire?
2: Uh, Yes, I like that.
0: Could it be, I mean, considering they're all kind of stranded here, could it be like a,
4: a harpoon? Hmm. Like That's a, a
3: dual question. harpoon?
4: Pew pew. Would that be like the, the fangs of a ship vampire would be its uh, a vampoon? <laughs> um Is there anything over there? Like like do we need to I, I can head over to this other ship if you think we're we're ready to uh, move on.
2: Yes, I think I think this side of the ship <laughs> is fine. It's it seems like it doesn't lead to anything else. We'll just- okay.
0: We need to be careful to stick together. We don't want to I, be I, caught off guard by
2: the
3: vampoon.
0: <laughs> Specifically, the vampoon, yes. I
3: don't think we have to worry about a vampoon.
0: Yeah. Okay. If you say so, but that's, that's the first person who gets caught by the vampoon. That's what they say. That's true. That's what who
3: says, you? I, every
2: No, no, no in the and stories. Three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: I've never. They tell to the campfires? People. No. Uh, they don't.
4: As Remember that old book, uh, National Vampoon's uh, Vacation?
2: Clearly, I, I haven't told children's horror stories at the campfire. Well, uh, Vacation National Vampoon's Vacation is less of a horror story, more
4: of a comedy. Yeah. Fox, but, your turn but, yeah. is next. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Bruiser? You find anything over on this one?
3: Uh, there's a gangplank over here and the rest of the ship to explore.
4: Um, well.
0: I rolled a a 16 to uh, investigate where I think would be the best hiding location if I were a merchant trying to hide my valuables. Hmm. Uh, That might have been gone, uh, maybe, perhaps. If they're just scavenging it for planks, maybe it went unnoticed.
1: Yeah, uh, you find it. You find a, a chest with, you know, a decent amount of gold in it. We would say perhaps 65 gold pieces. Nice.
2: Worthless. I was going to say, gold is not really the preferred currency
4: nowadays. Old world money, huh? Yeah. Neat. Collector's item. It might come back in vogue. Is there, is there any like That's little
1: jewelry or? Uh, no. no. No, just just gold. Just gold.
4: You could give it to like Randy and he could like make you a plate of like a shirt of chain mail, but like a, or like scale mail of jingly coins.
2: I, I A wildly was,
4: impractical one, yes.
2: Upset yeah, but that, I uh, mean, it,
4: it would be Fox and it would go with the 2-2. Two two. Mm, yeah. This is true. I'm just uh,
0: upset they didn't bother to hide uh, hide anything else of value. I, I'm going to move towards
2: the others. Great. And I Alan, do like that. Next. Okay. Uh, I do like the idea that it's like ah, for old times' sake, we're gonna scout it out, and for old times' sake, is just us like really slowly, just kind of joking around with each other, and meandering <laughs> across these ships.
4: Yeah, this is this is this is like you know, like what we used to do. This this reminds me of way back at the way station. You remember that when we like all bumped mm. into each other? Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah,
0: no. and we were like
4: slowly crawling around uh, underground. Yeah, I'm sorry,
0: Bruce. You're you're, you're going to be caught in a lot of in jokes and, and oh, stuff yeah, that you're not going to
4: recognize. That. We'll get there.
0: Yeah. yeah. consider this bonding you get to you get to see four guys ventures
4: and vibes back before we were four guys ventures well yeah it's like like peel the curtain back a little bit it's you get kind to of, of how the sausage is made what's It's alan not very impressive you?
2: of four guys i guess um, what'd you say josh what's alan up to alan is gonna follow 10 15 20 25 30 <laughs> 35 40 <laughs> He's going to dash yeah. 45. Wait up. 55, 60, 65, <laughs> 70, 75, 80. There's uh, there's that one. you're a little bit
1: further onto this uh, sort of diplomatic or, or you know government type airship. Uh, you come across a little kind of canvas tent area where, you know, there's like a writing desk and stuff in there. Um, there, you also, you're also you standing over What would have been used They're basically large removable grates So when you remove them you can put big things In the cargo hold of mm-hmm. the ship or take them out again Looking down there uh, You see four bodies um, Ooh. Each of the bodies appears To have been long dead They are not quite skeletons but they are certainly Not all intact as though they had died Recently and each Of them has one Or two puncture wounds Approximately fist sized um, huh. Through the 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 creature that has died, they're all humanoids of some kind. They're you know in the ne- same spot. Uh, no, not in the same spot. Random spots.
0: Oh, okay. So like not at the neck. No,
1: fist size oh, um, yeah. hole in the neck. They <laughs> <laughs> wow. punched in the neck. his
4: fist. <laughs> there, uh, there is. It sounds like something Radford would do. Just like punch a hole right through someone's neck.
2: <laughs> there, there is evidence of. Violence down here. I think I see four bodies um, with similar puncture wounds as the, I guess, the quote unquote wounds in the ships. Perhaps the, like, the vampoons, shall we call, uh, went through the ships and also hit some of the crew members underneath. I, I'm tempted, I see some stairs over here. I'm tempted to go down and take a look.
1: It is Bruiser's turn next. Alrighty. With Jeb on deck.
2: 5,
3: 10, 15 20, 25 30, and then he will use his dash to go down the stairs and investigate more
1: Sure, so uh, you head downstairs um, and the you're at the bodies you can roll survival to try and examine the wounds, or you can roll investigation to look for loot <laughs>
3: Um Could I do investigation on the bodies? For, like, insignia and, You can and, to, like, like check them for marks. loot.
1: And, yeah, like, for loot and stuff, you can. Um, but in okay. investigation would not tell you anything more about the wounds or how they died.
3: Okay. Uh, he's not interested in how they died. Specifically. <laughs> well, I mean, he is interested, but uh, I got
1: a 19. A 19. Uh, examining the bodies, you find um, insignias that indicate that they are part of the diplomatic core of the uh, city-state of Nostone. Um, That is the Darude Nation. Um, And these uh, four creatures are part of a crew, just based on your knowledge of, you know, the way that this kind of ship is staffed. Four is very low for the number of bodies that you should be able to find. But even down here on the lower deck, you don't see any others. There are a bunch that are missing. Um, The... uh, Eaten by the vampoon. You also find a, a notebook, like a ship's log, uh, as you investigate one of them, that indicates the ship was on, you know, routine diplomatic visits, basically, where it was just, you know, kind of traveling around Urda, interacting with various governments, making sure relationships between nations were OK. Um, not it wasn't doing anything of a sensitive nature, so to speak. Um, it had an ambassador on board who would be like the VIP. Um, and then it had, you know, a, a slim but standard crew. It wasn't like outfitted for battle or anything like that.
3: Does the log mention any, like, sudden things happening that would indicate how it got here?
1: The log mentions the darkening and that they were caught in a um, sort of like an airstream. Um, and the and then the log has an entry to indicate that it was approaching what looked to be like a set of cliffs and that they were going to try and intentionally beach the craft there to see if they could find their way down. Um, okay. And that's what you're able to learn from it.
3: So, um, these guys are from Nostone. Um, uh, the, there should be a lot more down here if, if, like, like, to be expect, like, four is not enough to crew this ship. And then, mm-hmm. um, I found a log that details, like, where they went and that they got caught in an airstream. And they were heading to a cliff to try and just purposely dock the ship so they could escape, essentially. But then
2: that's where the log ends? Yes. Interesting. So whatever happened must have been somewhat sudden.
1: Fox, what's your passive perception? Uh ooh! I rolled a die for no reason, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good roll. Uh, sixteen. Sixteen. Uh, Fox, as Owlin and Bruiser kind of vanish into the um, somewhat oppressive, you know, mist. Uh, the damp, cold kind of clinging to your arms and legs you just kind of turn briefly you're just kind of looking around and you think for just the tiniest moment that you hear the sound of one shuffling footstep to your east or on this map to your right um out of sight but you know somewhere somewhere out there just the one then you don't hear anymore um, uh, do i have
0: is it like a, a shuffling footstep like oh that was uh over on the other side of the room or was that like that was directly behind me
1: no not like directly behind you like off off somewhere in the mist um All right. the, the the prow of this ship is high enough that you would need to stand on the prow to look down and see what was beyond it um and if you move okay. your mini onto the prow of the ship it will reflect that and you'll be able to see down there so if you choose to go that direction you can um that brings uh, us to true? jeff's turn
4: jeff Jeff, They're I, uh, really rambunctious over there I'm uh, hearing What do you think uh, I'm
0: what? hearing stuff
4: Like in your head?
0: No, 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 like no Like no. things? No, I, I I think I heard somebody move
4: It's the vampoon Uh can, Is it Oh Is it the vampoon?
0: I, I'm being serious,
4: Jim. <laughs> oh, sorry Sorry Where, where, where?
0: Uh, over, Over off the The prow, bow, prow
4: The front (laughs) Okay I don't know why they don't use just like normal words For nautical things Even aeronautical You might have given it a check earthquake. I'll
0: I'll keep an eye on the bridge
4: I'll use my eagle vision (laughs) To look
2: (laughs) You know Jeb Eagle eyed in broad daylight (laughs)
4: Uh I tell you what, um, I will load up a spell in my blunderbuss, and I will All right, I'll hold my action to shoot whatever comes out if it I'll looks it dangerous. I'll check it out. Yeah, and I'll I'll move over here to the to the front to the prow front.
1: Sure. Um. If you move your mini onto the actual prow there, the fog of war will reveal
4: what you can see on the other side, like where you can look down. You should be able to see. Oh, there there you go. I see. Precarious. It looks like a bridge that we didn't choose before.
1: Can I move my mini? Yeah, it's your turn. Because he's holding an action. I'm king of the world. <laughs> Are you yelling? No. Uh,
0: okay. It's just a reference. Um, I'm gonna look around. Um, I, I I'm gonna roll a perception, I guess. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll use the roll since I rolled it before and I didn't use it. If you don't mind. Sure. Uh, I got a twenty-three.
1: A twenty-three. Uh, you, um, you don't see anyone. Uh, there, there's no creatures here to see. You right. hear one more shuffling footstep to the northeast of you, still pretty far.
0: All right, I, I just point silently in that direction. I hear it again.
4: I don't, I don't hear anything. Do I hear anything, DM? Nope. It was very oh, soft shit. and very far away.
1: What if it's haunted?
4: Now who's being serious?
0: I I am okay. I mean, with with the connection severed, souls might not be able to make it across. Since the darkening and all these ships are Alan, you're next. Probably all here, right as darkening happened. I don't know. It's it's a viable theory
4: but there's a, there's a vampoon thing here that's like poking holes in ships and people
0: and maybe i heard the the, the the ghost of maybe i
1: heard the ghost of the victims i don't know cleo um has roll a D20 has oh. tell me okay, okay. has Alan uh, been able to hear the discussion of 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 uh no cuz they've been keeping it down to like a whisper yeah, we've okay. been okay. we've been whispering the second timer has expired the third timer is beginning
2: um so Alan is all. gonna go below deck with Bruiser and also investigate the bodies, but not not this like Allen's more trying to determine cause of death. Um, so check. that sort of stuff. Do you say survival? Yep. Okay.
0: But I feel like it's like phasmophobia where like the, the ghost activity is ramping up every time the timer goes off.
2: <laughs> uh, 14 on survival.
1: Great. Cleo, what was that d twenty roll? Eight. Eight? Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, you, do you want me to add modifiers to that or just straight? Nope, just the straight roll. Yeah. Um, as you're standing there next to Jeb and kind of looking out, um, a very sort of sudden gust of wind just kind of blows into you and you kind of teeter a little bit and you're able to catch yourself on the railing of the ship Whoa. behind you, but you cut yourself on like a little bit of a um, like rust, rust or corrosion on the, the metal railing. Uh, roll a constitution
4: save.
3: I hope you have your tetanus shot. We're
4: gonna What's find tetanus? Out. <laughs> Uh Lockjaw is gonna give right. you disadvantage on charisma checks. Hear me <laughs> out.
1: Three it's just the right. You have the poison status for one hour.
4: Ooh. Poisoned by the vampoon metal.
5: Okay, so uh,
1: you investigate the the four bodies that are down here, and Wait. what you determine is that the um, the puncture wounds are not serious enough to be the cause of death. But there are no really? other signs of physical. Even though they're fist-sized, they're fist-sized, but they're not on organs. It's like a, a hit through oh. a shoulder or um, an so, and, and there's not a enough leg. like
2: dried blood on the ground for it to have been blood loss.
1: No, there's not enough dried blood for it to have been blood loss. In fact, it Weird. looks like the wounds were like filled or like whatever punctured them was not removed until after death. Um, but you are not sure what the cause of death was because there's no other sign of a struggle or damage. Um, but if the I were... wounds are not fatal. They are also too clean for a harpoon or another hunting weapon.
2: Okay. If I were to venture a guess would I say that the way that they're arranged um, and with these facts in mind it seems like maybe there's like a ritual that went on?
1: No it does not appear so. Um, They do appear to have all been like brought to a location like they're you know they're all almost on top of each other but it doesn't look like a ritual or anything like you know it it just looks like they were left
2: here. Well this is quite peculiar strange yes they don't seem to have died from the puncture wounds necessarily they're also Wizards quite yep. they're also quite clean wounds like not from like a harpoon that would have pierced through the bridge and then into them like that that would have been really messy this is quite the yeah. Possible. it's it's strange i i think i'm gonna go back up and rejoin the others oh so. i was gonna keep exploring the ape back of the ship
1: uh you are a confident bruiser that there's probably not much else to do to find on this ship
2: so Uh, that's as far as alan can make it with his movement and making that check so
3: does Uh, the ship directly above where i am does that look like i could jump that gap
1: uh it does you also are pretty confident there's a little bridge there uh, oh i see that to the upper left of you as well yes you're confident you could make that make it over there you you think you could do that you could pull that off
4: Mm. The flying creature questions his jumping ability.
1: <laughs> yes, uh,
3: I would like to just run, jump, and then do a little one little flap over onto here.
4: Sure. A double jump, a if single you will. flap. Uh,
1: Bruiser jumps out of sight of most of you, actually all of you. He kind of disappears into the mist. And Bruiser, you lose sight of them. Bruiser, Bruiser as you jump you... onto this next craft. Um what? this one is. Uh, a craft of very different make you think probably from one of the more industrious parts of the world maybe from um, the A2 city of Sila or um, something like that it is a pretty large and fancy ship like the, the, ca- the quarters or the captain's quarters at the, the rear end of the ship where you are now have like a skylight with glass you know above them and stuff like that so this ship is, is a little bit nicer as you made your jump again two puncture wounds in the hull um, yeah, in in the the hull, right underneath where the bridge is tied. Um, but you, I mean, you didn't take the bridge, but a bridge seems as fine as the other ones did visually. Yeah. Um, and again, large mast sticking up ahead of you. That's kind of like cracked, worn from the years, um, weird fraying ropes, and that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, also, what's your AC? Ooh,
3: uh, my AC
1: is sixteen. 16 uh okay bruiser uh you are just kind of taking in the details of this ship when from somewhere nowhere anywhere something kind of flies out of the mist and sticks into one of your shoulders it's just this long reaching like pointed arm of a thing Sticks it. You can't see the source of it. You can't see whatever, but it boom uh, attaches into you, or or kind of punctures into your shoulder. Um, you take twenty one points of piercing All damage. Right. and Whoa. Your status is grappled as you are yanked off your feet further into the mess. Ah. One, two, three, four, five.
4: Does it yell, "Get over here"? I just...
1: I <laughs> get, get over it. here! Yeah, Bruiser yells, but is sucked off into the distance. Uh, the rest of you hear his yell, but you can't see him. You don't have any indication of exactly where he is. Um, Bruiser, Bruiser, you still do not see whatever it is that has hooked you uh, as it, you know, is kind of pulling you in uh, towards it.
3: Um, do I, like... So I don't see the... Is it, a, is it on a rope, or is it...
1: Uh, you're not sure. Some kind of I'm... long... Pointy something. It seemed kind of fleshy, like an arm, um, whatever has hit you. But uh, you're not sure what exactly it is. You do still, this is you um, triggering a delayed action. So you still have an action on your turn. Um, if you okay. want to try and escape, you can try and escape from the grapple.
3: I would like to like, try
1: and escape. Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, I would like to try and escape.
1: Great. So that's a strength or dexterity check with a DC of 15.
3: I am doing a dex check Okay That is a 10
1: A 10 you are not able to
2: escape You have Whatever the rod of dex don't you your shoulder. I do have the rod maybe, of red. Maybe do a little re-rolling action Yeah <laughs> Wink wink <laughs> Yes I
3: would like to use the rod of dexterity to re-roll Okay Uh
2: 17
1: 17, you are able to basically wriggle free and whatever it is that grappled you boom, disappears off into the mist. It kind of goes like uh, on your screen vertically and to the right or for those of you looking at the top down map who want real directions like north and east, uh, okay. it kind of disappears into the darkness uh, or I guess it's kind of just a grayness now, now that the sun is, I, is more up.
3: Can I hear my friends screaming or
2: shouting? I don't know if any of them shouted, but uh, I, 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 yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, you okay? I should have more explicitly said, I'm going to find the others and you should too. <laughs> Hello? You can all barely hear Bruiser. Bruiser, keep, I, we need to hear the sound of your voice to follow you. I I think I'm um somewhere like
3: north-ish of you guys. Jeb, it's your turn.
4: <laughs> oh, oh man, Fox. Uh, he's so far away. I don't. I have stubby feet. Uh, you want me to carry you? That Just... is demeaning. Um. <laughs> I mean, if you, we
0: could, you remember? Those I, those I think one time I had you on my back, and 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 you you were like firing <laughs> off spells. When there was
2: one uh, set of footprints in the rope bridge, <laughs> <laughs> those were the times when Fox was carrying you.
4: Sorry, I just uh, reset
2: Josh's joke by added sentence
4: <laughs> to it. Yeah. Um, uh, Josh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Fox, I'm gonna I'm gonna climb up your back. I can't get around your tutu. Can you like push it okay. down or something? I'm gonna sh- I shrink the tutu down to like
0: an inch. <laughs> like really really sure appreciate your distance, commitment
1: you hear clara's voice yelling back to you
6: that was not the deal <laughs> <laughs> this, this is an emergency Draws on underneath
4: <laughs> <laughs> i do right. i'm going to climb up onto uh to fox's back great and uh, i'm just going to like <laughs> essentially sit on his shoulders like my feet are dangling yeah, like yeah, over maybe. his chest yeah got it like a piggyback ride
1: okay all right
4: all right and i'm just going to ready uh another fireball you know yeah if if i happen to accidentally hit your tutu don't think <laughs> twice about it it was an accident um <laughs> but let's uh but i'm gonna ready an action in case if i see this dangerous creature of some sort sure. whatever Le- t- tally ho yeah okay now yeah. that's
0: demeaning well, if it's demeaning
4: for me, it's going to be demeaning for you, too.
3: <laughs> is that's what's been putting holes in things? What
4: he says with <laughs> a hole in his shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I don't know. Hey, just making
2: sure. Jeb, yeah, I'll
1: move you to wherever Fox is when he finishes his move action. All right. That's just fine. 10
0: feet. Um, I'm up here. Be another ten feet. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to book it. I'm I am dashing, using my bonus action to dash. That's so my an
2: action.
3: Jeb! Alan! I'm- I'm coming! Uh-
2: 10. Once it's my turn, I'm coming! <laughs>
0: Alright, so that's 30 feet here. Uh Bruiser Bruiser, can you hear me? Where are you? Yeah, you're getting closer. Okay. Um Gonna go ahead. We're just we're just gonna
5: we're gonna go for it.
0: Great. <sighs> That's I
3: think, uh, 20 feet right there. Hello, hello. Hey,
0: you are
1: sound you, very close. You do sound closer to each other at this thing, at this point. You think Bruiser is off to your left or to your west? Uh, somewhere in that general direction but you would need to use an, an actual skill check to try and really narrow it down as you've um, been sprinting and carrying Jeb like the air up here is pretty thin i'm going to need a constitution save versus a level of exhaustion from that kind of sprint that's a lot you're asking Remember
2: you right have now. an air bubble charm ready to yeah activate. i'm going to And if i even feel the the, the constriction sure, of as my as you lungs
1: feel it you can do that but that'll be your action this turn so you won't be able to try and zero okay where where bruiser is any further than somewhere to your left
3: be Um, careful there's something can can i make things and grabbing stuff
1: is this traversable uh no that i do a dex check no that is the um it's like a crossbar on the mast of a ship so it's way above you oh it's Um, way above and the ship to your left is very tall so while you can see the hull you cannot see onto the main deck from where you are
0: all right i'll i'll just finish my movement then um
1: great uh, you do see um, now. You know there's right. a little bit of a, a bridge there available to you, Alan. As Jeb and I'm Fox coming! rush off towards Bruiser, their voices get softer and softer. You hear the the you know the loud footsteps of Fox with the extra weight of Jeb on his shoulders, kind of clomp, clump clomp down the the wooden bridge away from you. Um, and that brings us to Alan's turn.
2: Okay, uh, Alan will. Alan's Alan has been a little bit torn whether to come back like the way that he came from because that's like bruiser went from that direction Mm -hmm. or to like kind of take the way that the other two are going he's gonna see if he can essentially if there is a bad guy maybe he's able to flank it if he goes kind of goes back the other way okay um he's gonna try to dash but if dashing is going to give him exhaustion but like if he feels we, that, yeah. okay then he's going to he's going to use his 40 feet of movement plus activate his charm of air bubble great um so air bubble 5 10 15 Bruiser, your turn what are you doing buddy 20
3: um i don't uh, i'm probably going to are there stairs going to that little upper part in the back
1: uh yes there are stairs ahead of you that would lead to kind of the aft castle of the ship also now that you have kind of a moment to think you're able to kind of take in that this is another smaller like merchant style craft um with a, a bigger cargo hold in the lower center of it
3: okay um bruiser will come up here
1: and Bruiser, try and you should the tell them
0: we're in combat <laughs>
1: Uh, Bruiser, as you peek over the side, you do see down on the bridge uh, pretty nearby, you can see um, Fox and Jeb as they're kind of... They're they're looking around, but haven't quite noticed you yet, but they're they're down there on the wooden bridge.
3: Hey, I'm up here. What? Great! Are you okay? <laughs> uh, that thing hurt, but yeah, I'm fine for now.
1: Jeb, it's your turn next. There's um, a thing
4: that hurt you? What, yeah, what is it?
3: It was a long... Fleshy like arm thing that just grabbed me out of nowhere and then dragged me onto the ship and then I pulled it out and then it continued off into the mist. And I guess it's what's been grabbing these. Ships tell tell
0: deep somebody deep. at home base. That way they know
1: we're the in trouble has concluded. Jeb, what is your AC?
4: Um, my AC is 12, but I would like to uh, know if something like, like, I could use a reaction to, to bump that up. Like, I could, I'd like to know what the roll to hit is.
1: Uh, you may use a dexterity save to determine whether you are able to... Or actually, your passive... It's attacking you from stealth. So, um, what's your passive... You're actively looking. I'll give you a perception check to see if you spot the attack before
4: it hits you. That's a 16.
1: Okay. You have just the tiniest seconds warning. As you see something blur out of the distance to, for, on on your map from the top right,
4: um, towards you. Um, reaction. I'm gonna cast shield.
1: Okay. Uh, uh,
4: AC is seventeen for this for the rest of this round.
1: Okay. Uh, it got a twenty-one to hit. Dang. Uh, you are grappled. You take twenty-one piercing damage. And you are yanked off of Fox's shoulders. Yep. Um and thirty. Can I make a strength away. check
4: to drag Fox with me? You said twenty-three points of
1: twenty-one damage? points. And you can 21. make the check, but it's gonna be really tough.
0: Can I make a strength check to hold
3: on to him?
1: Uh you can give him the aid action, so you may make your okay. strength check with advantage.
4: <clears throat> Alright.
3: Come on, J.
4: So I rolled a 10, okay. and I have zero strength. But it works anyway, because I'm feeling uh, lucky. You're feeling lucky. And I don't want to <laughs> die. Somehow,
1: uh, somehow, you have no idea how. Neither of you has any idea why it's working. But, oh, whoops, I grabbed both minis. Uh, neither of you has any idea why it's working. But Fox, Jeb is able to grab hold of you and drag you along to um, wherever he... I don't know why I can't move you independently of each other. But I'm locked oh, him? Let's do it. Um, Just do the
4: thing. You can do it now. Oh, okay. You can do it now.
1: Oh, I see what happened. Um, Okay. I had attached him. Yeah. So you are dragged with him, though not impaled, but you can see this kind of like grayish, fleshy arm thing that has just mm, kind of impaled itself into Jeb's arm um jeb it like gets you and probably your off arm you're not blunderbuss but it just kind of stabs right into you and get it off it's in my my
2: arm as
1: you're being pulled uh you are kind of buffeted across this ship especially fox um you take six points of bludgeoning damage as you're just kind of slammed into like the grate and the railing and the mast and what you know as as he's kind of yanked across there um this ship that you're being pulled across is in a similar state to the others, though. Now you are beginning to smell kind of an odor of death from somewhere on our map above you, um, somewhere North of your location. You're starting to smell like, Oh, like decay and, and death and things. Um, and that brings us to Fox's turn. Unless Jeb is going to, I guess that was kind of your action was holding onto Fox and dragging him with you.
4: Um, Um, if you want to make that my action, that's fine. You also i had used a reaction but yeah um so well that does the rod does it take an action i thought that would be
1: a reaction you using the rod to revert a save because it's a reaction to knowing a save was failed
4: it just says you can choose it doesn't say whether it's an action or not but i did use my reaction to cast shield so regardless if yeah, if, yeah. If, that's fine That's, fine. So that's your call.
1: it's fox's turn and alan okay. your deck.
0: Bruiser, how many times do I have to tell you? Tell somebody at home!
3: I will uh, when it's my turn. <laughs> it's a free
4: action! doesn't injection. make sense.
1: The, talking is a free action! Bruiser's manners and combat are impeccable.
5: <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. Um, I'm going to try to get a strong grip on this fleshy thing you
4: don't have muscles okay. man can you cut it off i'm gonna just grab it with one arm mm-hmm. oh goodness and
0: with my other i go for like a uh, a high kick straight down like an axe kick onto it using it. the blade for my
1: my leg with a a very satisfying shing, the blade kind of slides into place or locks into place coming out of your mechanical leg and you roll an attack for me Ooh.
0: that's a uh, 27 I you rolled 19 you successfully hit um, um, go ahead and roll damage I feel like I thought there was a passive something or somewhere kicking around
4: about something about 19 oh yes you automatically oh, crit I didn't Jeb. hear you say 19 You're
1: right. yep yes yeah. Jeb's got the rod so yes, yes uh, it's okay. that is a crit 20. for you um, it is Ooh. not a sneak attack unfortunately but it is a crit so okay um, I
0: wanted to hold on to the part that isn't attached to Jeb. Sure. I this see. thing retracts. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. I got to pull out on my little die. Wow. Oh. wow. Wow. All right. All right. Seven. Uh, it was just times two, right? Yes. Whatever I roll. Okay.
1: Seven plus four is 11 22 22 uh you deal 22 points of damage you feel a very clean slice as uh the the arm thing which ret- continues retracting off into the distance uh jeb sticking out of your arm is about a one shin long length of kind of like a gray fleshy something the end of it is is pretty sharp um but it's not bleeding uh it's just sort of like a mound of of flesh that is now sticking out of your arm a little bit. You're kind of impaled by it. Um, yeah, did we retreat? I'm not.
2: I, I'm not that, sure if we were
1: prepared for this. That brings us to Alan's uh, turn.
2: Uh, I'm not sure what what this is. Um, and Alan's gonna cross this bridge 5, Alan, ten. Follow 15. my voice. Is this following the voice? Twenty. Right. Okay. Twenty. 25, 30, Alan, 35, Bruiser is on the it next It can ship. see through the mist. Okay. And it no, hits Bruiser hard. Bruiser's on the next ship, so that means here would be a better spot to try to cross over. Sure. Okay. Then Alan's going to dash now that he has the air bubble. Great. 45, 50. Why can't he see anything right here?
1: Because uh, he's not quite on the other side of the hull. The ship is tall. Okay. Yeah. Fifty-five.
2: So there's Bruiser. 60, Hello,
3: Alan. Um, uh, oxen and Jeb got pulled by the thing that. Uh, well, I don't know if it was the same exact arm. Uh, but which which A,
2: direction? Which direction?
3: That direction, and I point uh, northeast Up of right. here.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fox I can imagine Jeb, Alan making those you? noises uh you're over here Alan yelling in the in the distance I think we're
0: the next ship over
1: they there' somewhere to your right oh uh, okay. Boozer you're on deck yep
2: um, dang this is crazy how it's hard how hard it is to navigate in the mist uh,
1: Alan as you're running uh, I would like you to make a dexterity save
2: mm-hmm. okay is it again something I can see no okay. That's a
1: straight-up 9. Straight-up 9. As you are running and just kind of like you're trying to navigate and the mist is kind of creeping in against you and everything is is weird and hard to see and you're kind of swerving or you're doing like that, that thing that like neurodivergent people do when they walk where they have to like, oh, the hip has to get out of the way of the corner or they have to lean because there's a shelf there. You're doing like that as you walk across the or run across the ship and at one point you make a turn in such a way where your pack smashes into um like a vertical wooden wall of the ship it kind of like ricochets off and you find that something in your inventory is damaged the most recent non-weapon that you interacted with from your inventory is damaged uh as you would that be my sprinting. bubble charm uh my air bubble charm um not the one that no because you're i guess you're holding that so okay let's go one back from that
2: let me think what if you don't uh, need no, like a potion at the top of the list boxers briefs <laughs> oh your boxers
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking something that's in his pack, not something that he's wearing.
0: Oh. Uh, it it would be a, a the potion of cold resistance, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah, so okay. One so my potion of, cold of resistance is is damaged or if you only got uh, okay. one, yours is damaged. All right. Um, and you kind of feel it kind of like leaking through your your pack even as you round the corner <laughs> onto the <laughs> Um, the, the plank that will lead away from this ship and towards My, the my
2: back feels warm for a little bit. <laughs> um,
1: Which brings us to Bruiser's turn.
2: Uh, Bruiser's gonna, no, you didn't action
1: because you dashed. Yeah.
3: Bruiser's going to fly across to the dock where he last saw a Fox and Jib. Of course. Um, and then he's going to. And is, is the ship to the right tall, or can he fly to that one too?
1: Uh, it's not unclimbably tall, but it would be 15 feet to get onto the deck. Like if you go straight to your right, that would be 15 feet instead of 10.
3: Okay, okay, that's fine. And then he'll go, Fo- uh, Fox, the Fox, Jeb.
1: You hear Bruiser from somewhere south of you. Yeah. Did Did, did you? Have you told home base yet? I'm
3: going through now. And then he's going to activate <laughs> the earring.
1: Uh, Clara, you hear Bruiser's voice through the earring that you're wearing. <laughs> Clara, there's
6: what? All
1: right there there
3: there are these uh, the gray fleshy like oh, arms no. that are grabbing oh, people. Oh, he's the
6: fluffy. There's like the it's like the voices in my head have company. What's going on? Uh,
3: the, there's there's gray, uh, uh grabby fleshy like objects. Pulling us and dealing quite a bit of damage. They also yes. are responsible for pulling all of mean, these ouch? chips here.
6: What do you mean, like, what?
3: Yeah, ouch. ouch. Very
6: ouch. Ouch! I have not heard of these. I, DM, I have not heard of these, yes? Nope.
1: You've not heard of them. I
6: said, oh, well, do you need us to come get you? Do you need me to ask somebody? What, what, what do I, what can I do you for? Uh,
3: probably uh, ask Ask around, I guess. See what they are. If anyone knows anything about them. And
0: I- reinforcements. <laughs> Fox you just hear up- in the
1: distant. No. Does that pick up? No, because it's I- arcane. Okay. You only hear what Bruiser says. I'm
0: only hearing Bruiser's side. So when Bruiser's <laughs> just like, just ask
3: around,
1: I guess. <laughs> just if anybody has
6: free time. I
3: don't want to put anyone in danger, Fox. You. Hear I. Where in danger?
6: Well, it sounds like you was oh, we can deal in danger, with it. But, yeah, but you know, we could, you could just people were combat tested and proven We're gonna
4: roll down to Jeb's turn here <laughs> I am so mad right now I am so mad on, like, all different fronts uh, Fox, you said you were going to try and, like, hang on to the arm thing when you cut it, right? Yeah,
0: did, did I not do that, or am I still holding on to it?
1: Oh, you're trying to hold on to the retracting part.
0: Yeah, I was trying. I specifically mentioned like trying to hold on to the part not attached to Jeb. I
1: misunderstood because when you were doing the cut, you specifically held on to the other piece. Like you know, you were trying to sever it from Jeb's shoulder. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, you're you're wily. Sure, you held on to it. Um, okay. So that means Jeb held on to you. So you got dragged up here. Um, in which case, you Woo! are way far from Bruiser here. Uh, you and definitely we did not have that anymore. conversation. No, that conversation okay. happened. I'm not going to no. undo it. But, okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, th- they're, they're way gone. You have been yanked man, to man. a ship that... Have, yeah, you've been yanked to a ship that appears to have been split upon the rocks. Um, and you can see a uh, sort of a collection of dead bodies arranged in a circle. And you can also see uh, a creature that, uh, looks like a, uh, it's like shaped kind of like a humanoid, but it is a generic fleshy looking something with kind of like decrepit, um, uh, sort of like sagging skin that's almost, it's almost like if someone put clay in the oven but didn't leave it quite long enough and so it was still kind of soft when you took it out and it collapsed in on itself. It has these weird, like, kind of dark streaks coming down its face that almost look like tear tracks, but they're not. Um, and it's just sort of, it, it's kind of looking at you um, and you're holding onto its arms, so it's like, Rrr! as you know, just kind of like grunting and, and general sort of like an upset noise. However, as you come into its, its sort of, area um you know as you get the visual on it and as it gets the visual on you i'm just trying to put it on a grid space here as you are able to see each other um it's going to attack with its other arm um and it's going to shoot out towards the two of you uh seeing the blade on fox's leg it's going to attack fox this time instead so fox what is your ac uh 15 okay uh, your 15 is not enough, and so for 21 hit points of piercing damage, the left arm, boom, slams into your shoulder, and you are grappled. Um, you are also, no, you're not pulled anywhere. It's going to keep you at, at 10 feet away. Um,
0: I'm going to look at
1: Jeb while
0: well, I'm in the middle of being severely wounded, and I'm just going to look him dead in the eyes and be like,
1: isn't this necromancy, Jeb? Um and that is the end of its turn, um because this is all part of its its attack motion right. since you rode the on mm-hmm. back, um so that will be I suppose Fox's turn because he's after Jeb so Jeb or Fox one I guess it was Jeb's turn because we just yeah it was my so turn so Jeb your turn yeah this feels
4: like necromancy um, so if I am understanding this correctly DM mm-hmm.
1: the fourth timer has
4: expired. one of one of its pokey things is in fox now Mm -hmm. and fox is holding its other arm yes is it considered grappled
1: fox is considered grappled and i guess yes uh it is also considered grappled because it's like the circle of life Uh, yes uh, we grapple each other they are both considered grappled
4: then i would like to twist down big boy And I'm going to use something I've never used before. This is a new thing. Let's go. Um, New things. We
3: love new things.
4: uh, Mathematical signs start to float around in the air around Jeb as he uses flash recall. It's a bonus action, and it lets me instantly replace a spell that I have prepared with one that wasn't prepared. Amazing. So I am going to instant prepare a spell. I'm going to swap out Sunbeam for Disintegrate. And I am going to fire a Disintegration Beam at him. He's going to need to make a Dexterity saving throw. Presumably at disadvantage because he's uh, grappled.
1: Got it. Um, He's going to... So we're going to start with that Dex save. At disadvantage... That amounts to... What's his dex mod?
4: That's a 12 on his save. He needs to be at a 16, okay. which means he's going to take 10d6 plus 40 Ouch. force damage. Plus 40? Plus 40.
1: Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll your 10d6. That is not a guaranteed kill.
4: Uh, let's I'm see scared. here. That is a lot of damage. <laughs> He takes 78 of points of damage.
1: What was... Can you tell me what just the D6 were?
4: All of the D6? No. Oh. Yeah, I, so
1: like you you did 10 D6 oh. plus 40. I took the 40 off yeah, yeah, already.
4: Yeah. No worries, no worries. Uh, well, it would have been that minus 40, uh, so 38.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't figure that out in my head. I'm sorry. Math is hard. Uh, Math okay. is hard.
6: Or um, sure, whatever. <laughs>
1: that so the creature as you as you hit it with this disintegration ray some of its kind of sagging like clay like flesh begins to sort of vanish and and burn off uh, or singe off of it in the disintegration ray it does begin bleeding fairly heavily however it is still on its feet and looks aware and present and like it can continue the fight um this Dang. brings us to um well jeb you're not grappled are you taking a move action
4: um dang it no uh i'm sticking with fox okay we are we are not we are not departing fox it is your turn
5: um
0: all right um i guess i will use my action um i can i can i use a bonus action as a rogue to do this to to, to get ungrappled
1: uh, escaping the grapple, I think, is still an action. action. Yeah. I believe. Okay. Uh, and you can choose strength of dex. Uh, dex. Great. Of course. Uh,
0: Gotta beat a 15. Just straight dex, right? Yeah.
1: Who wins in a tie? Attacker wins in a tie. I believe. And in this I'm case
0: attacking a- his off.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I, I'm I think in this case he is the attacker because he's grappling you and you are trying to escape.
0: Mm. Mm, but I am the one providing the action.
4: Sure, well that's nah, all, right. no, no, okay. okay. <laughs> all right. Colonel Shift, re roll it.
0: Alright. There we go. Um My my lore ring still Stayed <laughs> Um Uh the re roll was not better. Or okay. do I have to take the re-roll? Is that how Chronel Shift works?
4: Yes. Damn. Damn, um, Daniel. So it <laughs> succeeds.
0: It okay. succeeds. Yeah. I don't I don't escape.
1: Okay. Um uh, that's fine then, and that brings us to uh, 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 uh Owlin's turn. Go
0: ahead. I can still cast uh, something, right?
1: If you if it can be as long as as a it's... bonus action. Yes. Yeah, you can do that. I'm going
0: to cast Healing Word. Mm.
1: What's today's oh, healing smart. word of the day? <laughs> Help! <laughs> uh, I'm
0: going to cast it on Jeb.
1: Okay. Fox is far enough away that Alan and Bruiser, you only barely faintly hear it from somewhere Dang. up and right of you. Alan, it's okay. your turn.
2: Alright, well, Alan's going to Alan, five. Yes?
3: Uh, They went somewhere very far northeast-ish.
2: Okay, I will go very far (laughs) northeast-ish. Recover nine hit points. 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. So that means Alan's going to dash if he can't see anything at 40 feet. Can't see anything. All right. 45, 50, 55, 60, 65, 70, 75, 80. That's what he's going to do do That he thinks that's northeastish and he's gonna hope that that's correct.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. That brings us to Bruiser's turn.
2: Uh, Bruiser's gonna pop the um the charm,
1: okay.
3: Um, and then he is also going to presumably move and dash also, okay. So you said it was 15 feet back to the dock,
1: yep. So and then that gives him basically 45 feet of movement, right?
3: Yeah, so that's 5, 10, 15, 20. 25 30 35
1: 40 45 great and as the two of you are now running vertically um even though you have fresh air because of your charm so it's not like it's impeding your ability to breathe but you do start to catch the scent of death and decay um that is it's just getting stronger the further north you go
3: alan did you go this way
1: Mm, uh, yes, exactly, I, I think we're
2: right next to each other. Watch this! Uh, holding uh, exactly Fox. what
1: this creature is, in case you're curious, what it really looks like. That's what a uh, what one of these looks like. It is a lonely, Brody. sorrow-sworn. Is the name of the monster. Ooh. Um, okay, uh, which brings us to. Fox Bruton's and Jeb, turn. I need
2: to hear your voice again to know where to go.
1: Uh, Fox and Jeb, come over here, please come. Wisdom saves. Uh, wisdom saves. I'm sorry, just Fox, not Jeb. Uh, nat 20, thank God. Nat 20. Dang. Uh, okay, uh, you take... Uh, I take uh, six gold from its inventory. <laughs>
4: <laughs> nice try. You take its advice and promptly reject it, because it's a dummy. You
1: take right. 12 hit points of psychic damage. Um, Oof. And you are also... No, just kidding. It's going to not do that. Um, so yeah, you take 12 psychic points of damage and you feel just like this wave of like anguish or sorrow kind of like vibrate through your consciousness or through your being. It feels hopeless. It feels like how the Harry Potter books describe the Dementors, where it's like everything is cold and clammy and nothing will be right in the world again. And then it kind of passes. It's just like a little wave that kind of ripples through you, um, the uh, the sorrow sworn, as I will now call the creature, um, is. Also I think it's trying to, to make me cry
0: in my head.
1: Oh, I'm actually wrong. I do need a Wisdom save from from Jeb as well. I'm sorry.
4: Okay. That's it's not hard good. To
1: keep all of a stat block in front of me at at once. Nine. Uh, Jeb takes ten points of psychic damage,
4: and okay.
1: feels the same. Oh, can I? I'm going
4: to chronal shift that. I'm going to sure. chronal shift that just to yep. see if it's better. Uh, 16. Is that better?
1: Yes. Uh, you feel something kind of like radiate against your mind, but you are quite familiar with things you don't want being in your mind and you kind of push back, you know, you've started to to center in on yourself.
4: I'm also quite familiar with sadness and know how to process it. That's true.
1: Uh, with a 21 to hit, the sorrow sworn is going to attack jeb with its other arm 21 hit
4: it has three arms
1: no you cut one of them oh i guess fox is holding it so and the, he to escape his grapple you're right fox well uh, one of
4: them is embedded in fox yeah but like the fox only one that has a spike on one. it
1: fox is holding the other one right you said fox has yes. grappled one arm yes, yes. yeah so it's got to escape fox's grapple good call fox go ahead and roll uh, a strength check to try and hold on to it
0: it's not gonna be good six uh
1: it rolled it did beat you but only barely um you're like
0: uh fox chronal shift
1: Ugh. okay hey. fox rolls again
0: Uh, That's a disadvantage, so do I roll disadvantage the whole thing again?
1: I believe so, yes. Okay. Uh, Seven. (laughs) (laughs) Not that barely. It had a nine. Um, Oh, dang. It still yanks its arm back from Fox. I just flung a d20 across my desk. (laughs) yanks its arm back out of Fox's grip, kind of recenters it, and it's going to um, slash out and attack Jeb now. Uh, Jeb, that is a 22 to hit this time.
4: That hits.
1: Okay. Um, it attacks Jeb and boom, impales Jeb for 21 hit points of piercing damage. And Jeb, you are condition well, grappled.
4: Um, does it have a spike? Because I thought they cut it off at the end. It edge formed of that into one.
1: another spike.
4: Oh, uh, okay. The, the Dang it. It
1: kind of like forms back. How much damage spike. was that again? 21 points of piercing damage.
4: Dang it. Um,.
1: And with you both grappled, it's going to begin moving and bringing you along with it. Um, it's going to start walking.
2: <laughs> what is that cackle? I think
1: Wash has figured out the bit. I mean, it's not a bit, but you know, has kind of figured out what's going on here. Um, and it's going to go its full move distance, which is this way. The smell of death and decay is getting stronger as you move with the creature.
4: I don't like what's happening. Uh, 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 it is now Al It gest- The gest- we were trapped with him, but he's <laughs> trapped with me. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: it's Jeb.
0: Um, Jeb, you did you did get the
4: nine <clears throat> points I healed you for, right? Yes, I did. Okay. I thank you very much. He tore the hole that you healed. <laughs> um, and Jeb is going to holster Big Boy and holster. The blunderbuss, take the rod of luck in both hands and hold it like straight up over his head. Yeah. And he is going to shout, Super Ultra Mega Transform! (laughs) And he's going to polymorph into a T Rex.
1: (laughs) Holy cow. (laughs) What? I don't have a T-Rex icon, so we're just going to have to imagine. Uh, Is that size category large or gargantuan? It is huge. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Here is T-Rex Jeb. Uh, Alan and Bruiser, you can't see them through the mist, but you just hear this sort of loud dinosaur roar off in the distance and the huge thud of two massive feet slamming into stone as its feet do purchase on another of the sharp cliff, uh, cliff faces. Alan what's that is that Uh, a dragon uh,
0: I don't know in my mind's eye I'm imagining his laugh turning into the
5: roar
4: like (laughs) 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 and I'm just gonna like (laughs) I'm just gonna like bend straight over and just chomp him
1: sure Uh, roll to hit you would have advantage and it would have advantage because of the grapple and the size so just roll a normal attack
4: all right that's a 17 with a plus 10 to hit 27 to hit that's gonna hit he's gonna take two a 4d12 plus seven piercing damage so he takes 38 piercing damage and if he is medium or smaller he is grappled
1: nice everyone is grappling everyone in this fight right now (laughs) you are still grappled by its arm because you bit it in the head fox is grappled by its arm as you lift it back up into the air its arm stretches so fox is at the same spot he's been like he's you know feet dragging on the ground it's just getting longer as (laughs) Jeff lifts it up fox it vanishes into the mist you're just standing next to t-rex feet as it like gets lifted up into the air by this roaring t-rex um jeb um it's- that
4: is one attack yeah. of my multi-attack that he gets to use sure
1: it's arm that is in you is shrinking as it you know raises up back towards your shoulder because that's where it had grappled jeb uh, right. go ahead and roll your next attack
4: i'm going to uh you'll see the t-rex it's gonna drop him it's gonna like open its mouth and drop him and spin and just karate chop straight down with his tail okay okay <laughs> Um, it drops. That's in. another 17 okay. with a plus 10 to hit, so 27 to hit. Great.
1: 27 to hit. Uh, you're going to get the hit.
4: 24 bludgeoning damage.
1: 24 bludgeoning damage. Um, okay. Uh, you hit it for 24 bludgeoning damage, and it goes slack. In, uh, I guess you're not holding it in your teeth anymore, but its arm nope. is still kind of impaled into you goes slack. Uh, Fox, you fall to the ground. The fifth timer has expired. Fox, I need a dexterity save at disadvantage. <laughs> um. um
0: uh, so that whole nineteens or crits is that only for attacks? Uh,
1: I think it's just for rolls. But I'm going to let Fox check what it or not Fox. I'm going to let Wash check what it says. It doesn't on say. Sheet. Okay, so then it's for rolls.
4: It says you treat a nineteen on the die as critical twenties.
1: Great. So all
0: right. I rolled a not I've rolled a nat 20 and a 19. Nice.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, very well done, Fox. Uh, Fox, <laughs> as you fall and you hit the the rock, it has been worn smooth by the years. It is damp from the mist. And so it would be very easy for a less skilled person to fall. Uh, but Fox, who hates heights to begin with, is, like, is not about it. And so imagine my f-
0: my sword just immediately kicks out, digs into the yeah, well, you know yeah secure it with my one foot yep and ran you are, everything
1: with my dear life <laughs> yeah yeah and you're like fast enough and strong enough and everything with that leg that you're able to like impale it into the rock a little ways to where like you know your arms are free like the blade is enough and so you do right. that cool like hero hanging from the side of a spaceship thing um both, <laughs> you know with your leg uh so yeah, fox lands really, yeah. just fine the sorrow sworn has it is very deceased uh <laughs> it had four hit points when you dealt 24 hit points of damage to it so nice. it is it is very dead and uh combat has ended um alan and bruiser uh you eventually catch up to the group where jeb is a t-rex uh, is so he still just a a, t-rex? uh yeah and actually i suppose you have no way of knowing whether the t-rex is the threat or whether the sorrows swan- does it have your hat does it say in polymorph whether the hat disappears watch is muted i think
4: let me check
1: okay i also like to picture its teeny little t-rex arms as still holding the rod of luck <laughs> just a little teeny rod held in its little t-rex talons
3: what happened uh, i i'm
0: i'm gonna be honest i don't know but no that's that's
3: that's, that's Jeb. Um uh, uh, you like the dragon that can't fly? Duh. Uh. No. He just uh, shakes his
4: head up and down.
3: <laughs> you know
0: uh, what? He, like, yeah, you're right. Like Jeff, a dog, but enough. like
4: right on top of the sorrow sworn. And he like starts wagging his tail a little bit.
2: So <laughs> um, what? What was that? I I don't know. Gem just pulled out a ride. A
1: history check, a nature check, or an, uh, arcana check to understand what it was. The DCs for each are different. Um, it would be easiest to use a history check to understand them. And it would be hardest to use an arcana.
0: I'll, I'll use a history. Great. Uh, that's a non nat
1: 20. Uh, the sorrow sworn are a creature of myth. It makes sense that you would have probably heard at least something about them in your like hippie commune where Fox was raised. Um, they are creatures that have been corrupted by the influence of the Shadowfell. Um, they are typically solitary creatures and each of the Sorrow Sworn is usually corrupted by a specific negative emotion. So because Hmm. this one is by itself, um, this one is likely corrupted by loneliness, um, because the, the creatures are basically destined to force the condition upon themselves that they spend their lives trying to correct. Um, there mm-hmm. is no known way of repairing the, the damage of that corruption. So in essence, this creature was probably trying desperately to avoid its loneliness or to like get itself companionship. And um, in doing by so, killing the, everyone around it. Well, it probably didn't even know it was killing the people around it. Like all of the wounds that like, you found right. from the puncturing were non-lethal. It was probably trying to bring creatures close to itself. And it doesn't even understand that being near it is what is killing them. Um, that mm-hmm. same like corrupting influence <clears throat> that the shadow fell is what right. the waves of energy coming off of it would have Yo, been, and as you I, continue, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: This is like a cursed creature thing. Like we used to tell ghost stories about this around the campfire. I don't. I told you it was a ghost story.
4: Uh, but not, but not a vampire. I might as well have been.
2: Uh,
4: I am going to be a T Rex for the next hour. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: One hour of T-Rex Jeb T-Rex Jeb cannot walk across those wooden bridges T-Rex Jeb would fall right through So you're also going to be on this On this rock I guess for a
4: while He Uh, might just like jump to the other Ships or something
3: I was going to recontact Clara. Uh, um, we, we took care of the, the immediate threat. Not sure if there are any okay, more. Okay, but... hold
6: on, hold on. Cool your horses. So, Garlel thinks probably this sounds sort of like a sorrow, sw- a s- swallow, a swallow yeah. morn. Yeah,
1: sorrow, swallow. Clara, it's a sorrow. Sorrow,
6: sworn, you know, and it's probably just the one. So, like, you know, we can come and help you, but you, you're you probably going to be just like, okay, because there's probably only one of them about the yeah. corruption
1: did you tell them how like if they're close to it it'll probably damage okay, them okay
6: beautiful hold on a moment yeah. uh so like it, it's corrupt you know it's like it, a corruption thing and it's could like don't go near it kind of a thing and what
3: uh it, it's dead jeb turned into
0: oh, a then why corrupt. are
6: you calling me i'm not I, dating hey, you hey wait not bruiser being.
0: tell tell him to send some scouts in here and and help us you know comb
3: this area thoroughly now that it's somewhat safe Okay. Uh, 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 one, Jeb is like some sort of dragon without wings
2: I don't know It's a Tyrannosaurus Rex It's more oh. of an ancient uh, creature that uh, had a short lifespan, like I don't think they're really around anymore um, not quite as hardy as the dragons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What turns yeah, is Would
6: yeah. a, 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 a walking dragon? I
2: think, I think he did right. it to himself. It's fine. Uh
3: and it's what I, thought, I read. A uh,
1: ragged <laughs> little t- yes, flexible, yes. That, well,
3: it's fine. And then Fox wanted wanted me to tell you to send some scouting. Okay, Jeb. What are you trying to say, Jeb? Yeah. uh, uh,
6: Who's in the well? Oh, you (laughs) want okay? Who who should I Uh, send? You know, there's uh, a lot uh, of options.
3: Fox, who do you want her
6: to Uh. send?
0: I, I just send the <laughs> scouting party. Uh, send the normal scouts. The, one the, listening scout on Spotify,
1: the reason that Fox is distracted is that Jeb as a Tyrannosaurus Rex is attempting to pantomime that, like charades communicate with him. And so uh, Jeb's uh, uh, holding up three little T-Rex uh, down uh, and it's, uh, like three words and trying to tell him something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, 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 Fox has the normal yeah. scouting party. we yeah, pull. A normal scouting
6: yeah. party. Pull. pull. Uh, lift.
3: <laughs> I guess so. I'm, Grab.
6: I've got like kitchen staff and then yeah. there's like Smart ones who are yeah. always doing you know I'll figure it okay. out. I'll 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 talk to the to the mushroom. Anything else? Chip.
3: Uh, anything else, guys? Uh,
2: uh, uh, remove the ship from here. Uh, it'll it'll take yeah. us about an hour mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. To quick release clamps.
3: Because we uh, 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 will be, an hour, so we'll yeah, be where Jeb we are uh, yeah. for an hour until Jeb transforms Ooh. back. Why
6: don't you just tell him to undo it? He's like T Rex. seeing something. You want to remove uh, something and
0: fix it?
3: Uh, they're playing charades right now. Fix what? I gotta go. <laughs> uh,
2: you? This is the
6: strangest scouting potty I've, oh, I've ever. Oh, we need heard. to get you.
0: Uh,
2: Can Well, actually, No-oh. no. Alan. No, uh, fix
0: uh, you uh, by Wonder removing uh, by
6: carrying you. You want? You want us to carry if you? You just move the rod away from him. Uh, won't the spell oh. stop?
0: Oh. You? You want? You want? You want to blow you somewhere? We want to blow a Uh, ship somewhere. uh, 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 Fix a ship! We'll fix one uh, of the ships, and we can use it. We have a lot of shi- we can fix all the ships! uh, And we have a fleet! uh, Well, so you can- so you can can use it. (laughs) You want to use a ship.
5: uh, uh,
0: uh, Each of us get a ship.
1: Listeners, I would describe the charades, but it's funnier
2: this way. (laughs) (laughs) Dear listeners, they were bad at
5: charades.
2: (laughs) Josh isn't the only one who's not allowed to play charades anymore.
0: (laughs) I I got a very tiny screen I'm working with, okay? Here, let me blow up
1: wash, okay? It's tough out there for a (laughs) T-Rex. Um, All right, go. The the rest of your search... Fix the ships. The rest of your search of this sort of abandoned boat city is uh, uneventful from the danger side, but there is lots to discover. Uh, Fox, you discover a ship that... um, has the uh, sigil on it of a company you've never heard of, but when held under torchlight or any kind of heat, a reactive ink indicates that the ship is actually uh, part of the notorious smuggling company, the Black Song. And on board oh. that ship, you find uh, a, a manifest that again reacts with secret ink to you know reveal what they were actually carrying. Um, and you find out that it was trafficking. Not not trafficking is the wrong word. They were transporting a number of sorrow sworn in hopes of finding the the buyer was hoping to find a way to reverse the corruption. Um, mm-hmm. Only one of them had survived the trip, and so it seems likely, and you find a, a broken break that so it seems likely this creature broke out of its confinement in its desperation to end its loneliness, and that is how mm. people started dying. Previous to that, according to the ship's log, this whole area had become a sort of shipwreck city where uh, airships that had been adrift were able to be lashed together and in fact the Sorrow Sworn itself was used to help in that process uh, in a controlled manner by attaching its arms to the other ships and helping pull them in where they were then tied by more deft hands Uh, as that's happening Owlin you discover a ship that clearly exhibits the capabilities necessary to travel between the echo planes which is to say like the Shadowfell the Feywild whatever there's an arcane circle that's been worn away by the years um, and a journal aboard this ship suggests that it is the buyer for that sorrow sworn. They are the ones who mm. are hoping to experiment on it uh bruiser you discover um in another shipwreck where all of the bodies are all of these mm. people who have been killed by the sorrow have been arranged in sort of a seated position like circled oh. around a, a central table or something like that and there are even cold mugs of drinks uh around them although the mugs are are like very scratched up and you know there's a lot of spilled drink and whatever that's stained into the table um, but there are like mugs and stuff that have been arranged around them, and even some books, which uh, is particularly interesting because, Jeb, you discover that one of these ships was actually a floating library. Um, a an envoy Ooh. of the AOS Lore Foundation, and when you enter it, and your rod comes close enough to the weave, begin activating things. You hear uh, a a golem that kind of activates, a librarian golem, and it you know, hello, welcome to the floating library. Would you help finding a book? Yes. What kind of book are you looking for?
4: Spells.
1: Spells? Did you say spellbook? Yes. I don't think we have any spellbooks in our inventory, but we do have some individual spell scrolls. Would you like me to direct you to them? Yes. Did you say no? No. No. What are you looking for?
4: (laughs) Spell scrolls.
1: You're looking for spell scrolls. Is that right? Yes. I'm sorry. I didn't understand that. Can you say it again?
4: I'm going to get a little closer to him so that the, the rod is like... A little closer. I don't know if that was. As you get
1: closer with the rod, it like turns (coughs) to look towards you. Hello. Welcome to the floating library ship. We are an envoy from the Aos Lore Foundation. Can I help you find any? It's like less garbled.
4: I'm going to get a little closer. Yes, (laughs) I am looking for spell scrolls.
1: Ah, spell scrolls. It is possible that we still have some spell scrolls left, though as you'll note, there are some damages to the hull of our craft, and I do not know what might have gone overboard. I do not have any mobility. However, mm. our books are organized according to the system instituted by Dr. Dewey of the town of hembley who, and so they are very easy to peruse. Let me direct you to the right section, and you are given very detailed instructions that lead you to a bookshelf where indeed the years have worn and pulled away uh, many of the spell scrolls. There is one uh, scroll there for control weather, a spell scroll of control Mm -hmm. weather. Um, And there is a spell there for. um, Oh, where did it go? Sorry, I'm paging through tabs. I have a lot of tabs open now. Uh, There is a. I literally can't find it now. Uh, Pick a level two spell and you find a spell scroll that's on there. Pick one that you can learn. I will do it. Um, Yeah. There's a level two spell there. Um, you also as you're looking over there you hear the librarian shout back to you you are a little bit further out of range now but you hear it shouting back to you in case you do not find what you're looking for you might be more successful finding art artifacts chest
4: <laughs> yes please <laughs> yes and I'll walk clo- up closer to it I- I'm gonna kind of like hold its hand almost like yeah yes yeah. Where is your artifacts chest? Ah, the
1: chest of artifacts is located on the second deck and it gives you more detailed instructions that send you up to a, uh, large ornate wooden chest. It's like a display chest. So there's kind of a glass top on it and inside and in, like padded sections are some different artifacts next to it. There is a suit of armor, uh, adamantine armor, full suit. So chain mail, chain shirt, scale mail, uh, all made of adamantine. Um, You also see the each of the items on display, you know, has kind of like a um, like a little plate that names it, but it doesn't necessarily describe what it does. So you see a thing called Kelnor's Marvelous Pigments. Uh, There's a pot of that material. There is I take it. uh, There is a potion of vitality. There is a beaker of universal solvent. Uh, This is attributed as a discovery of another A2 scientist uh, name that you've not heard. Um, there is, oh, I'm sorry. You have heard it. You've heard of Isaiah Barnaby, I think in this, in this picture mm-hmm. Yeah. Isaiah Barnaby really. of IBM, uh, created <laughs> uni, uh universal solvent. Wait a minute. Um,
4: what was the potion? It was the potion of vitality. Vitality. Thank you.
1: There is also, uh, a, an upright display case that has some taller or longer things in it. There is a glaive of warning. There is a uh, what, what is called saxophone of the bards um, okay. that is mounted in a display case. There's also a medallion of thoughts mm-hmm. hanging from a hook. You see some gauntlets of ogre power. And then, lastly, mm-hmm. resting on a small velvet pillow, there's just a pearl there that says pearl of power. And those are the oh. items that you find in the library that are of significance.
4: What was the medallion again? The medallion of what? Medallion of Thoughts. Ooh.
1: Um, and none of these are like Wingle digit powered. These are all, um, uh, they're, <clears throat> you know, they're real arcane artifacts. Um, Allen, you also discover s- a cartographer's ship laden with maps, charts, books, things like that, that are used for navigating the world. You are able to glean from those charts that um, the... The the air streams that your sensors have been detecting, two mm-hmm. of them are natural, the southern two. The northernmost oh, really? one okay. is unnatural. Uh, it was not there previously. Basically, it's not on any charts. The other two were, um, which means that at the time of the darkening, you could rule that one out. Although it is suspicious, that one that's over the Cavarite Mountains could not have been there when Kay's ship went adrift. So okay. you are at the center of one of them, and the other one circles the Pillars of Eternal Vigil. All right. Um, the last thing of note, Fox and Bruiser, as you kind of reconnect um, and probably, you know, are, are kind of having a little bit of a meeting with your other scouts who were sent by Clara to just kind of determine what else is out there. Just as that meeting ends and everyone is ready to head back towards the Cugboat, uh, the two of you, both of you think you see it individually and then ask each other and you're like, yeah, Yo, I think I saw something. A vague hint of a humanoid out in the mist Um, like not part of the boat city thing you're in, but literally suspended or levitating out in the mist. It is a medium sized humanoid. You think, and the only reason you saw it was the tiny amber glow coming from the spyglass that it appeared to be using to look towards you. You saw it in the blink of an eye mist rolled in front of it. And when the mist was gone, it was gone too. Um, You get no response. And on that,
4: Amber means
1: tonight's Dungeons and Dragons session comes to a close. Thanks for hanging out with us, chat. (coughs) We appreciate you. Thanks for hanging out with us, players. Uh, I appreciate all of you and if anyone wants to decode or hang out for a little bit uh, we are going to jump over to the just chillin section of our discord server which you can join from the about section of our twitch page otherwise from all of us here at the winged badger tavern Jeb as a tyrannosaurus rex what do we tell the people (coughs) that's right bye everybody